we make stuff that goes on to stuff that kills stuff. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, May 19, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 514. This is No Agenda. Like it's 1837 here in the Travis Heights hideout where SoCo meets MoFo in Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Devorak. It's Craig Vaughn Buzzkill. The hell? <laughs> what was that? Well, you cut it. It was weird because the, the Skype connection cut out just as an I'm. No, I, just I blank. Oh, air. really? Oh, I'm sorry. See, th- and this I'm going, is, you know, someone sent me an email about how to. There is a way. Um, there is a way to use two copies of Skype, and then because you know it's it's essentially half duplex. Skype, it's crazily it's, it's weird enough. Um, and there's a way to do it so that you know you have you don't have that uh, what do they call it ducking. In fact, it's kind of a you know, where it's trying to, it's competing with itself. It's trying to decide what to do. Yeah, yeah. So th- there's a way to do it. Uh, but I'm like, screw that. <sighs> Can you imagine having not, not one but two Skype, Skype connections to deal with? <laughs> it's just not, not my idea of fun. Yeah. Well. <sighs> anyway, in so. In the morning. Oh, well, in the morning to you, John C. D'Artagnan. And in the morning, all the ships at sea and the boots on the ground and also uh, the subs in the water and the feet in the air and all the dames and knights out there. And, of course, uh, our uh, human resources in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Our team is standing by, keeping us streaming. Uh, Sir Oil, uh, Sir Gitmo Slave, and Sir 19-inch Rack. Uh, Good to have you guys uh, around. And uh, it is indeed very much like the Great Depression of 1837. Someone pointed that out to me the other day. And uh, I read the uh, Book of Knowledge entry. I'm like, wow, the Panic of 1837, I should call it. Yes, that was a, wasn't a true uh, depression. No, but it was panic, the Panic. That... Little panics, which is the one we're going to have in uh, 2017. Oh, I thought and it was now. I, I, and by the way, uh-huh. I get the biggest kick out of the you know the 40 year cycle, which I'm always promoting. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> promoting like hoping. <laughs> Promoting. Uh, it's it's a, it's on it's underway. I mean, the, all the parallels have been coming in like clockwork, yeah, including the Obama versus Nixon comparisons. Yeah. Nixon was the president during the period uh, the depression of the seventies, and we got the same kind of thing going on. And uh, some really good reports on uh, what's what's you know the inte- attempt to uh, stifle the media and all the rest of it is fa- fascinating. Yeah, you know, I um, I've seen it, but to me, it seems. Like this is, you know, the uh, the minority mainstream <laughs> who, cle- who clearly, uh, what do we what do we call it? We, we were talking about this the other day. The corrupt minority known as the mainstream. Corrupt minority. Corrupt right, minority. Which is the mainstream yes. media. Unlike us guardians of reality. That f- for some reason they feel that it's important or maybe there's a voting contingent or someone who gives a crap. I mean, you really have to be at least my age. And even I don't really care. Because um, I'm not quite old enough. No, because I remember we were living in Amsterdam, and I was maybe eight, maybe nine, I think. And my grandmother was sending to my mom cassette tapes because, of course, you know there was no satellite, no CNN. You know, the Dutch television had two channels. They started at seven p.m. with the same guy reading the same dumb news. You know, there was no international media to speak of the way we today's kids know it. So she would eat mail with the post cassette tapes, which she would call, of course, the 
Watergate tapes. <laughs> and uh, and my mom would listen to them, and she'd listen to hours and hours of uh, of uh, Senate testimony. Yeah, it was on television actually, and I watched most of it. In rap, I was a little kid, but I was watching it rap, uh, uh, fascinated by it. It was really interesting. They had these characters, and they were all, well, a couple of them were weirdos, and and, and they were all mean. See, we had Clarence, Clarence Thomas was kind of our Yeah, it was game. a lot, but that wasn't during a depression moment. <laughs> but no, uh, but it was my, great my fun. My favorite thing, though, was when I studied it, uh, I was watching these um, these guys, and I would notice a couple of tricks they pulled. I might as well mention one or two of them. That if you get called before uh, Congress and they're trying to trick you into either perjuring yourself or doing whatever. And, and I think John Dean was the master of this. Uh, like, ask me a question. I'll show you the, the proper response. John, were you involved in uh, bombing Watergate? Uh, I'm not sure I understand the question. <laughs> yeah, very good. Can you, you preface everything with that, and then when they go after you... <laughs> For lying, say, oh, well, I made it very clear I didn't understand the question. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't. I, and I, it's it's interesting you say that. And could you turn up your mic a little bit? I need a little more. I can't. There's not enough coming out of you. Up. Okay, I, I got There's not, got not enough coming out of you today, old man. Wait, I gotta yeah. get the right oh, switch. I'll turn yeah. it down. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, yeah, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Oh, 17. perfect. Oh, okay. Yeah, it just makes so Am much difference. Yeah, yeah, it makes a world of difference. Um. That uh, this this administration, uh, in particular our president, these guys are good when it comes to what they say, which I think is one of the reasons why you know the, the president is. I mean, he was really he's really perfect for the job. He knows how to most of the time stick to a script entirely. And you can't catch him on anything. Remember during the debates, it was like, well, you said it was an act of terrorism, so you knew it was. And I, in fact, even he, he didn't even say terrorism. He said act of terror. I mean, these guys are good. This is, there's one thing they learned. And of course, they're all lawyers. That's why they do it. You, you, you stick to the script to the exactly what it is, and you can never get caught. The minute you stray, that's when you get in trouble. Right. And they do kind of stray. Oh, yeah. Once in a while, and that's what we that's what that's, we're here. That's why we're here, guardians of reality. Exactly. Well, let, let me play a couple of clips about the, the Nixon-Obama uh, comparison. Okay. Now, there I have a bunch of clips. I have a background that kind of discusses what's going on with this AP stuff. But let's just skip the background and go right in. They had, the, uh, Democracy Now! did a very good job on this, considering what a poor job they did on a bunch of other stories. But they they didn't – actually, it wasn't even them. I think they were flabbergasted. They brought in the guy from the uh, Pentagon Papers, the New York Times lawyer, who went to the Supreme Court because the uh, Nixon administration was after the New York Times trying to bust them. Now, I think you need to explain the, Pen the Pentagon the Papers. The Pentagon Papers were uh, Daniel Ellsberg uh, worked for the Rand Corporation and took 42 volumes of the history of the beginnings of the Vietnam War home with him. And then he transcribed them, right. and he started leaking this document, which was the origins of the Vietnam War, to the uh, to the New York Times. And they started running this stuff. And after three days, the Nixon administration freaked out and started suing everybody and trying to get court orders to stop the publication of this because it was embarrassing. And uh, they couldn't do it because the Supreme Court went the other way on it, and they got stifled. But but all kinds of fallout happened. And and Nixon went after the media. Nixon went. He, he was beginning of the end for the administration. Now, now was it at the time? Because uh, you know, luckily you 
witnessed that. You were really a part of that. Was it really analogous to what we're seeing here? You know, when you say Nixon went after the media, I mean, was that like AP being investigated? Or yeah, was- no, the parallels are exactly the same. The difference is the media is flat-footed now. And it, and it wasn't just the you New York Times. You mean compromise, compromise. Back then, they, they were actually investigating stuff. Well, they were still compromised, but not to the extreme they are today. So now they're flabbergasted, and it's not it's not turning out quite this. They could actually lose this battle, and with these clips, you'll see that if they do. And it's all really about Julian Assange, by the way. Yes, Which yes. makes it very interesting. Hmm. Uh, the media is done. We have, we'll have no free press at all. But let's play. The, they asked the guy from uh, the New York Times, from the L, the the Pentagon Papers era about whether what Obama's doing today is as bad or worse than what Nixon was doing. And I think the analysis is good, especially for all the Obama bots out there. And I've met a couple recently. Yeah. Uh, so I hear. <laughs> Obama bots. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. Do, I bring, that, do I bring that up now or do I bring that up no, later? Right, we'll talk about it later. All right. uh, what the Pentagon Papers <laughs> case is about is censorship. And lawyers call it prior restraint. And after publishing for three days, all of a sudden we were in court. And several days later, really, uh, we were in the Supreme Court. So the Times came into it because I believed, and those at the Times believed, that this was an outrage. And that the First Amendment uh, protected us. And that the government had no ability to come in and uh, tell us not what we shouldn't print, sorry for the double negative, or what we should print. <laughs> and uh, we uh, put our troops together and beat him. <laughs> With a stick. Rubber hose. So now uh, go on to, to uh, the Nixon uh, clip number three, where we discuss the Pentagon Papers that, and that, censorship that, a little deeper. That, that was number three. Oh, that's why. Oh, wait, no, 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 I'm sorry. No, you're right. Clip number I have no idea what I'm doing here. We, I, I'm just guessing. So that was number three. What was the one yeah, you, you wanted? Yeah, you played number three. That you wanted to play number two, which is the which is the one I wanted to neck which and neck. The point I was making neck and neck. Yeah, neck and neck. Oh yeah, that's so obvious from the point you were making. No, no, I said number two. <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. Can I play them out of order and we'll pretend that we're hearing this first? No, this is fine. That clip was was valid, but play number two. Well, for more, we turn to a guest who has a rather informed opinion on uh, whether President Obama has been worse than President Nixon in their targeting of the press for published leaked information. Joining us here in New York is James Goodell. He is the counsel, was the counsel for the New York Times and the Pentagon Papers case, a leading legal expert on the First Amendment, has just published a new book, Fighting for the Press, Why the Pentagon Papers case still matters. We welcome you to Democracy Now. Thank you very much for having me. Um, you say that President Obama is worse than President Nixon. <clears throat> well, more precisely, I say that if, in fact, he goes ahead and prosecutes Julian Assange, ah. he will pass to Nixon. Uh, he's he's close to Nixon now. The AP example is a good example of something that Obama has done, but Nixon uh, never did. Uh, so I have him presently in second place behind Nixon and ahead of Bush, too. And he's moving up fast. And if he goes ahead against Assange, he'll, he'll at least be even. And we'll have to see how that prosecution, if it takes place, uh, comes out, because maybe he'll pass him. Wow. Uh, I, 
that dovetails with something else regarding Assange, but I think I'll hold on to it to see where you... Where you uh, t- okay, well, let's we'll, go we'll, to the next, which is clip four. We already know the Pentagon Papers and censorship is just a, a small element. Will, will we come but back to Assange? It, it's, this all comes back to Assange. Perfect, perfect. This wraps with Assange. Perfect. Hit four. Okay. So after the Pentagon Papers ended, which was a case about censorship, uh, Mitchell, who was Nixon's attorney general, got very excited about prosecuting the New York Times. People have forgotten about that. So he convened a grand jury in Boston because uh, there was some evidence that the Pentagon Papers had been circulated in the anti-war community uh, before they were published by the New York Times. And the theory was that the New York Times were a reporter. Uh, conspired with those anti-war protesters, and he was going to indict them for conspiracy. Hmm. So now, fast forward. What is Obama doing? He's convened a grand jury. We haven't heard about it. I think it's still there. I think it may have even indicted Assange in secrecy. But what's the charge? Conspiracy. Well, we don't expect our listeners to be uh, lawyers and jump up and down when they hear, hear, hear the word conspiracy. I just want to tell you in the audience, it's very easy to prove conspiracy, very hard to prove espionage under the Espionage Act. So what Obama is doing is doing an end run and trying to get an easy case against Assange after he's convicted uh, Manning. It's easy to convict Manning, okay? So that easy conviction then becomes the basis for the agreement for Assange. Well, let me let me ask you a question now, um, because I was just even though I hadn't really clearly understood the whole Assange angle here, I was uh, the, and we'll get to it later. Why I was looking at Assange again today, it, the way I recall it, WikiLeaks didn't you know take this information from Manning and put it online. They went to their partners, which was New York Times, Time Magazine, uh, the Spiegel, the Guardian. They sat down and then collectively decided, okay, here's the stuff we want to publish. Uh, first, we'll send it to the State Department, by the way, to see if they want us to redact anything. Then whenever they, oh, okay, well, you can publish all that. Then they published it in mainstream publications. Yeah. But it, I, it, um, if you listen to the narrative, not this, but the narrative in general, there is this um, belief that WikiLeaks took stolen information, published it everywhere, and got Americans killed. Yeah. That's not true. Right. Well, they did publish the whole, uh, or a pile more than showed up in the New York Times after, eventually. Only after, though. It, 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 a long time right, after. but that would probably be the part they're bitching about. I don't know. Because, I, like he says, there's apparently been a, grand, a secret grand jury. A lot of stuff in this administration is... Yeah, the most transparent administration in the universe. What are you talking about? What's your problem? Secret and a secret <laughs> indictment, which is just waiting, which is the reason. And apparently, Assange has some clue about this. Uh, let's let's see. That was clip four. Uh, there's let's play five. These are there's this one's a little long, but so was that one. But we will get further That's along. Right. I'm, and I'm, then, I'm uh, interested in where you're taking this. I have not heard any of this type of analysis anywhere. So this is great. Yeah, play five then. Wake up. There's danger out there. You may not like Assange, but wake up. The First Amendment is really going to be damaged if Obama goes forward. And as I said at the beginning of the show, 
if he does and succeeds, he will have succeeded where Nixon failed. Um, let's play a clip from WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange when he was on Democracy Now! last November. He warns about the consequences of the Espionage Act being reinterpreted. Uh, now, the new interpretation of the Espionage Act that the Pentagon is trying to hammer in uh, to the legal system and which the Department of Justice uh, is complicit in uh, would mean the end of national security journalism in the United States, uh, and not only the United States, because the Pentagon is trying to apply this ex uh, extraterritorially. Why would it be the end of national security journalism? Because the interpretation is that if any document uh, that the US government claims to be classified is given to a journalist who then makes any part of it public, that journalist has committed espionage, and the person who gave them the material has committed the crime communicating with the enemy. Hmm. Well, Which is a nice take. And now, yeah. Can you shoehorn yours in now? Do you want to get two more of these out of the way? Um. No, I want. I want you to. Run okay. Up, I want. Play, but, play. This number six is the okay. summary. But this is not the last clip, by the way. There's no. one more because yeah. there's a little. There's a little gotcha mm -hmm. that I had to get, which is clip seven. But play clip six, and you get a kind of a summary of what's what what what's going to happen to us all. Quite right about talking uh, about the threat to journalism with respect to the way Obama's going about uh, prosecuting. Uh, what lawyers like to say is that if, in fact, the prosecution goes forward, as Julian Assange has said, it criminalizes uh, news gathering because I talk to you and ask you to give me a, a secret or anything, but in fact, not anything may be classified. Uh, we're all both going to go off to the uh, Huskow and, you know, Obama is, is, uh, cla is classified, I think, 7 million, in one year classified 7 million documents. Everything's classified. So that would give the, the government the ability to control all its information on the theory that's classified. And if everybody asks for it and gets it, they're complicit. And they're uh, going to go to jail. So that criminalizes the process, and it means that uh, the uh, dissemination of information, which is inevitable out of the classified sources of that information, will be stopped. So does this mean that Julian Assange really is a dumb patsy and was set up by the CIA, I guess, I, I, maybe you know some other agency, but he was set up for all this to take place so that the redefinition of the so that conspiracy now could be redefined as espionage. Is that what now, I'm hearing? I think, you know, I never I, would, I didn't take it to that level, but I, I can see that argument being made. And if you notice, if you remember over the last probably the last year and a half on this show, we have ran, run a lot of clips about over classification. Mm -hmm. We had there was a lot of hearings about classified documents, what qualifies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a number of sessions. We've never brought it all together. We, we never saw the larger picture until this guy comes out and starts talking. Well, of course, whenever someone... In, today, in today's world, no matter what it is, uh, whether it's global warming, you just got to immediately think global cooling. If someone says most transparent in the universe, you got to think they're locking it down. It's just, it's, I know it sounds nuts, but this inversion... That's exactly where you have to go, and you're usually... This is the new Occam's Razor. 
But whatever someone tells you, just think the opposite. That's going to be the truth. You might want to just play right now the, the little clip, Nixon on Heroes. Uh, yep. I think it is time in this country to quit making national heroes out of those who steal secrets and publish them in the newspaper. Whoa! Wait, do we, don't we have uh, Obama saying that? <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the 40-year cycle. Wow! If not, he. Oh my goodness! If not, well, he, he, here's a, here's a secret tape that Nixon made about Daniel Ellsberg and the Pentagon Papers, and this is probably going on in the White House too. It, just because some guy's going to be a martyr, we can't be in a position uh, of allowing a fellow to get away with this kind of wholesale thievery, or otherwise, it's going to happen all over the government. I just say that we've got to keep our eye on the main ball. The main ball's Ellsberg. We got to get this son of a. <laughs> Yeah, great. And you use the IRS to do that, apparently. <laughs> well, of course you do. <laughs> now, now I'll play one more, another offhanded <laughs> clip, which is a little different, which is Jeremy Scahill wrote this book called World is a Battlefield. Yeah. And this little summary, which is I have, unfortunately, you have it clipped twice. But to play this clip, and this kind of summarizes where, where we're kind of headed. The and then I'm going to play one last clip. Of the World is a Battlefield. Actually, it's not something I thought up. It's a doctrine, um, actually a military doctrine uh, called operational preparation of the battle space, which views the world as a battlefield. And what it says is that if there are countries where you predict, where the military predicts that conflicts are likely or that war is a possibility, you can forward deploy troops to those countries to prepare the battlefield. And under both Bush and Obama, the world has been declared the battlefield. You know, the, the authorization for the use of military force that was passed after 9-11 um, is, is technically the the law that, that President Obama and his administration point to when they say they have a right to drone strike in Yemen because these people are connected to the 9-11 attacks. But in reality, <laughs> and they're brown. Come on, face it. One of the enduring legacies of the Obama presidency is going to be that he solidified this Cheney-esque view of the, of the uh, U.S. government, which says that when it comes to foreign policy, that the executive branch is, a, is effectively a dictatorship. Wow. I can, you know, I can see Obama bots freaking out by hearing that. Wait a minute. Obama is continuing the Cheney legacy? Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> well, not, and, I mean, and there's some con interesting congressional hearings. I have some clips of, of that well, kind of relate to this. But before I, I drop this and you can do your Assange thing, I want to play this because one thing turned up during the, uh, the the discussion with Obama and, and the Nixon thing and all the rest of it and, and, and this whole Associated Press thing. They decided they want to pass an, a new shield law. Yeah, well, I had the idea. The shield law. So now, wait a right. minute. I, I think I actually have a uh, hold on. Uh, this will lead right into it. It's a very, very short clip. Um, uh, okay, wow, why you, don't you well, play, wait, well, no, play my clip and then play yours because this one may give away yours. No, okay. Now, just tell me which one is it. What am I playing? Final irony. Uh, a final seven. irony? Okay. Uh, here we go. What about the uh, the irony of the Obama administration after the news of the of their surveillance of the AP comes out, then going to Chuck Schumer and saying we need a stronger shield law? I mean, and, that uh, I, I have this uh, whole history uh, in my book, and I just thought that was quite ridiculous because the bill that Obama asked Schumer to put into the House has an exception. For national security. In other words, yeah. if you're a reporter <laughs> and you're talking about national security, uh, the, the law doesn't apply. 
But what is the whole controversy about uh, today with respect to AP? It's about uh, a national security exception to the privilege that you would think reporters would otherwise have. So Obama puts it out thinking the public doesn't know what I know, and I'm really going to be good to reporters, but it doesn't protect them at all in the AP situation. Yeah, so uh, I don't have to play my clip. So that so um, this is actually a law that uh, uh, the president uh, tried to. Well, he didn't try to get it through. Um, it was in. I don't. Know if, I don't think it even passed uh, the House. It didn't pass Congress. But it's exactly what it was. Like, okay, you have the right to report anything you want, but we've got to have this little thing called national security, and we'll have, of course, a blue ribbon panel of judges. And whenever we decide that you, know, you really can't report on this because this is in national, you know, in the interest of national security, then you won't be able to report on it. And they wanted to take that out. And then the president, instead of saying he would veto the bill, he sent all of his minions saying, oh, no, no, you got to put that in. So, of course, if that was actually put into law, which I don't think it would ever happen, um, you know, that would that would um, be the final nail. That would be the police state. We'd be there. I mean, that uh, the, it would be the perfect the perfect wrap up. Here's a spokeshole Carney, because everyone had to go out and do the rounds and, you know, of course, talk about how incredibly transparent they are. Uh, and he even went on Pierce Moron. He was on Ed, on everyone's show uh, in the news guy spot. I don't know if you noticed that. So they took him out of context and put him in front of the White House where all the news people normally stand, you know, do their stand up uh, uh, intros to their pre-produced packages. Final question, Jay Carney. Obviously, the president made a big deal when he came into office of being not like previous administrations and was going to be much more transparent. The charge today, after this week, is that you have had that reputation for transparency pretty heavily dented. Do you accept that? Ah. And just on a general picture, how are you going to move on now and restore perhaps faith that some Americans have lost this week in your openness and honesty? Well, I, I'm not sure. Again, you're, you're concocting scandals here that, that don't exist, especially with regards to uh, the Benghazi uh, affair that was contrived by Republicans. And I think <laughs> this guy is—he's a piece of work, isn't he? Oh, he's the Benghazi he's affair was contrived by Republicans. Contrived, but yeah, it never <laughs> happened. It was the Republicans they dreamed it up. No, and oh, by the way, uh, great mainstream media and every—you know—and even in in the well, I'll get to that. So finish, Carney. Finish. Part largely this week. The, uh, the fact of the matter is that, we, oh. that this administration has a record oh, yeah. on transparency that uh, it outdoes any uh, <laughs> yeah. previous administrations, and, and we are committed to that. The president is committed, committed. to that. Jay Carney, you've probably been the busiest man in Washington this week, and for that reason, if nothing else, I genuinely appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to me tonight. Piers, I, I was glad to do it. Thank you for having me. I was glad to do it, Piers. Yeah. So there's a couple sides to this coin. Um, and 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 I think this is really fabulously funny to uh, to see them going to this uh, into this danger you know mode of trying to fix things. Um, on the other side of this coin, something very important changed in the U.S. code, and I'm 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 not quite sure. I think the change was made; it slipped by us. I'm sure it was one of these thousand-page bills that I you know I read most of, but even I can't you know I can't find everything. Uh, so this is now almost a week ago. The uh, a subtle change in the U.S. Code titled "Defense Support of Civilian Law Enforcement Agencies," and this relates to Boston. 
The military has quietly granted itself the ability to police the streets without obtaining prior local or state consent. Up, upending a precedent, of course, that has been in place for more than two years. Federal military commanders have the authority in extraordinary emergency circumstances where prior authorization by the president is impossible and duty constituent and duty constituted local authorities are unable to control the situation to engage temporarily in activities that are necessary to quell large scale unexpected civil disturbances yeah riots yeah so this beats out the entire concept of posse comitatus and i think now i'm thinking whether it was a part of it or not is pretty much irrelevant boston was a litmus test for this um for taking something that was not a huge outrage i mean it was it was bad but there were people were not rioting in the streets and put 9000 you know, troops and combination of militarized police on the streets, but there were there were right, and rousting people from their homes. Yes, no, protecting them at the end at the barrel of a at gun. Barrel of a gun. Uh, what was it? Get uh, out! Not protecting them. It was uh, saving them. What? No. What was the term they used? Uh, was it saving? Saving them? Oh, it was something. It was something, it was something crazy it. like that. Um, there's a new there's a new yeah. player on the scene in all of this. Um, and this is where I came up with the Assange stuff for today. It's hard to imagine that anyone would alter this indelible image of bombing victim Martin Richard to promote a cause. But that's just what someone did. And then posted the Photoshop picture we will not show on Twitter. It's made a lot of people angry, including a self-described hacktivist for good who goes by the Twitter handle Jester. Jester would not reveal his true identity, and he would only communicate with us using a secure private chat service. He says over the last few weeks, he's been targeting people he believes are trying to capitalize on the marathon tragedy. Jester has published the name, phone number, and address of the person he blames for the doctored Martin Richard photo. He's also launched denial-of-service attacks on websites belonging to people associated with movements that claim the bombings are a government conspiracy. One of those sites has still not recovered. So, you know, we've always been very um, uh, intrigued by uh, WikiLeaks, by Anonymous, you know, because, you know, whenever you are anonymous, you could easily be a front for a government agency. And so this... And, of course, we know that Hillary had set these operations up. Yes, her, her so-called... Including in Great Britain. Yes, her so-called techno-experts. And not just Great Britain, but even uh, targeting Russia. She set them at, she had, a, there was a whole, like 5,000 of them in, uh, in former, uh, uh Soviet states. So, so the gesture what, is well, on here. Well, uh, well, check this out. So this led me to uh, just a little bit of research. Here is a presentation from, I think Finelli is his name from the U S cyber command. He's doing a PowerPoint presentation for Homeland security, uh, talking about uh, you know cybersecurity, and all of a sudden, right. and and here's maybe where I get a little controversial. Ooh, he's going to get controversial on your ass. This is this is a unique domain in the fact that we're used to in warfare the fact that you can train large masses of individuals to accomplish a, a strategic effect or a tactical effect or an operational effect, and usually that requires teamwork, cooperation. Um. This is a domain of warfare where one individual can make a difference in both negative and, and positive. And, and you can argue whether or not this is negative or positive, but 
you know, upon the, the initial publication of WikiLeaks, um, I'd argue that that was large. It was it was largely damaging to a lot of people out there around the world. Um, the information that was released compromised our ability to do do certain things around the world, and it compromised our reputation. Um, we should have had the rep we should have had the capability, the commander's capability to inherently protect ourselves from self-defense, um, and, and shut it down. To date, my knowledge um, is that only one individual has shut it down. All right, the uh, a patriot hacker known as the Jester, for all intents and purposes, has been the only individual to stop WikiLeaks. Uh, PayPal, Mastercard, and Visa went after them um, as well. In the, in, in the corporate realm, they, they ceased payments for supporters of WikiLeaks. But to actually physically stop the servers from processing data, the gesture is the only one that's done it. So that, to me, was just like, hold on a second. This patriotic hacktivist, which is a contradiction in terms these days, uh, is doing a lot of very interesting stuff. Most of it seemingly illegal. Yeah, and is being uh, heralded for it by U.S. Cyber Command. How can that be? The guy's wearing a uniform when he's doing this presentation. This so, guy. Yeah, this guy. So to me, that means that it's all oh yeah, clearly, clearly uh, an operation on the inside. Yeah, it's a government operation, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So... You know, and then you bring around this. This is kind of why I'm thinking WikiLeaks. It make, makes so much sense now. You know, Assange is just. A, they just need to get him. They just need to get him in their hands. I totally believe the idea of um, of there being secret, uh, you know, grand jury indictment. And uh, and you know, they'll get this done. I I really actually don't have any doubts. <laughs> They're going to get done what they want done. The, the media. Oh no, they're they're much more talented. I mean, this is a, yeah. again, this is the. Uh, I, I think the public's coming around to this belief that this is a uh, small group of people that are trying to, well, trying to. They've taken over the government. I think it started with Chan. No, I mean, no, no, no. Oh, come on, this guy's oh, just worse. Oh no, please. This started with Bush. It started with Bush. It con it continued through the Clinton uh, dynasty. Yeah, you're right. Probably did start with H.W. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's totally started with H.W. Who, you know, he brought CIA all the way into. Right. The, he's the head of the CIA, so he takes over the place. And then Clinton comes in out of the blue. Yeah. And he's the neoliberal, you know, of all time and doesn't really change any policies. And uh, he's essentially more of a Republican than a, than a Democrat, if you really look at it. And you end up with this situation we've got now, which is it's too late. Did you uh, see? Uh, <laughs> and they're making plans for the riots. Uh, yeah, they're, they're all right, good to go. We're ready for that to happen. Did you Did you see uh, what both the uh, president and the vice president were, <laughs> were doing? It was like I don't know who's running damage control uh, over there. You know, when they need, you know, because this is you know, there's huge companies. We talk about them all the time. Hill and Knowlton is a very very famous one. And, you know, it's like when, when you've got something, you, you got to come up with some kind of distraction. You know, uh, of course, we had the, they called Clooney. Clooney said, I got nothing. Called Angelina Jolie. Angelina said, well, this is thing I did Working a couple on months my ago. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And but of course, you can always. <laughs> oh, won't somebody please think of the children? And, 
And so the president goes off and visits some pre-kindergartners. And, and I'm disappointed he didn't say hi to everybody. I mean, yeah, he, he, said hello. he said hello. I mean, come on, get these kids early. But listen to what in this little cliff here. What all of a sudden the teacher like is going to remind the slaves to be. And by the way, in this particular connotation, slaves is not such a good thing because the classroom was all black kids. So I, I'm, you know, I don't want to get caught on that later because yes, I did see the video. So the whole thing was just weird. Yes. Hi. Hi. He actually said hi. That's what he said it. Yeah. Good to see you guys. How's everybody doing today? Yeah. I've got to say hi to your teachers first. Hi. hi. I'm Miss Sturgis. Hi, Miss Sturgis. Nice to How meet you. you. I'm great. And what's your name? Hi. Good to see you. Look, listen to the cameras. Yeah, hey, get a clue camera, guys. You know, you don't need to make these racket producing cameras. What are we learning about? Today, we are drawing our favorite zoo animal. Why is it a it's a snake. Yep. Uh, is it a big snake or a little snake? Remember what we told you. Shut up, slaves. Listen to the, the president. You're not supposed so to be talking. You think that they audition the, uh, get the the photographers that they bring him in? They go, now nah, shutter's not loud yeah, done, enough. Done, not fast enough. You got to have not like loud. Yeah, yeah. fast. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> so of course you can't have uh, the vice president uh, Joe O'Biden uh, standing with a bunch of kindergartners because that's creepy and everyone knows it. It's like you know we can't have so Biden did, read some letters. Let me tell you about this picture. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm looking at a binder. <laughs> A binder full of kids. Full of letters from a group of uh, third graders from North Philadelphia. And they all wrote to me about guns. My mom used to have an expression, out of the mouths of babes come gems of wisdom. Comes pablum. And these little kids, they understand because a lot of them have seen the effects of gun violence in the streets. I want to read to you uh, uh, a little bit about... Uh, what these kids in one of the city's most impoverished schools have to say. Nah, well, I could go on forever, but it's, the whole thing is just, really? That's your idea? That's like, oh, I know what we can do. And, uh, well, I might as well just get a couple clips uh, out of the way here. So uh, here is your compromised minority news service, because that's what the mainstream is. People don't believe them anymore. You're right, as you as you stated there, uh, that people are catching on. Here's NBC uh, comparing all of this uh, that's going on to a blip. It's just a, it's like a little blip, little ping. That scandal, just one of the political controversy facing the Obama administration right now. But this morning, the president's trying to move past them. They say the president's keeping things in perspective and believes this is just a blip. He'll bounce back. <laughs> in the end, they say Mr. Obama does not feel under siege this week. The New York Times reporting the president has talked longingly of going Bullworth. Taxpayers, taxpayers. This is a very interesting thing that was done here. So this is the, uh, I haven't seen this movie. Is What was it called? It was uh, with Warren Beatty. Um, uh, bull, bull, Bullworth? Bullworth? Bullworth or? I don't know. Was that the name, the title of the movie? Yeah, it was, he was a politician. Yeah, so a politician who. Bullworth, I think. Yeah, who all of a sudden. Uh, decides to speak the truth, right? And, and they, yeah, and so, he, I think it was die. I was, was he dying. I don't know the story. I don't know the story. Yeah, Bullworth, nineteen ninety eight. So, so the president 
is privately saying, now saying in meetings, and I'll just roll this back saying, so we can listen to this in context, that he's going Bullworth. In other words, he's just flapping it all out there. He's telling the honest truth. Because in this movie... This is kind of an old reference nobody gets. And he it, said that? I don't think this movie was a big hit either. I mean, I... Was it? Was it, was it a, moderately? It was, in fact, it only had three stars on the major reviews. Mm. Well, listen, li- listen again to what how they're bringing. It's, to me, it's like so. Who they got to fire somebody? Someone said, "Quick, go stand next to kids." Oh, Joe, yeah, just read these letters, and then uh, yeah, they got PR people running the show. There. Yeah, let's tell everyone it's both. So, Car- I think Carney has been removed from this. He is not running this show for oh, sure. Oh, that may be why he was doing the stand-up. Yes, exactly. Because he's there. He's on his way out. He Stop. Is, I'm putting it in the record. Put it in the book. Put it in the book. Say, Mr. Obama does not feel under siege this week. The New York Times reporting the president has talked longingly of going Bullworth. Taxpayers, taxpayers. Referencing the movie featuring Warren Beatty as a senator who suddenly decides to speak his mind, whatever the political cost. Or. He's going to have a mental breakdown. I mean, <laughs> that may have been what the movie was about, too. And he's tell me that in meetings this week about how to handle these bubbling controversies, the president has deflected the idea that it's been a bad week. Matt, he said, you know what a bad week was? A bad week was when there was oil flowing into the Gulf of Mexico. A bad week is when four Americans were killed <laughs> in Benghazi. This isn't a bad week. <laughs> Ah, he's he's like the Gipper. He's awesome. Yeah, and then uh, and I and you, know, you always got to throw in a little Chris Matthews because you know it, oh, yeah. the, 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 it isn't complete until he, he's called you a racist. But the problem is there are people in this country, maybe ten. Per- and why he's with Al Sharpton, I think, who's going, uh huh, yeah, preach, yeah. Uh-huh. So I don't know what the number, maybe twenty percent on a bad day, who wants this president to have an asterisk next. So twenty percent on a bad day to his name in the history books that he really wasn't president. You know, like a guy in baseball that used drugs. Right. They want to be able to say, well, he really didn't have that batting average. He really wasn't the first African-American president. He really didn't do health care. He really didn't kill bin Laden. There's an asterisk. No, and he didn't. They've been fighting for that. The people like Donald Trump, since day one, they can't stand the idea that he's no. president. And a piece of it is racism. Not that somebody in one <laughs> racial group doesn't like somebody in another racial group. So what? It's the sense that the white race must rule. That's right. White power, my brother. What is what is wrong with him? That's cr- I mean, that's- He's all in on Obama, and of course oh. he he has to. I see. I think he grits his teeth a little bit when he has to talk to Sharpton because they have to do a throw to, you know, because where they change from one show to another. Yeah, and sometimes he just looks like because he's. <laughs> I, it has to be embarrassing. Sharpton is an out and out idiot. And MSNBC should be ashamed of them, themselves for even having him on the air. Do they think that black folk that you know that are all did over you, the place did you just uh, say that black don't watch wait, MSNBC, wait. which is a white man's wait, did you just network? say black folk? Black folk. Do you think <laughs> the black folk are watching Sharpton? Yes, I don't think the, so. Yes, they're watching the brother L. No, they're not. <laughs> yes, they are. Rolling their eyes like everybody. They're what? So I've been saving this these two clips for three weeks. So while we're on it, just idiocy. Have you seen the Ed show? Yes, of course. Well, so this Ed, who app- Ed Schwartz, he's the worst. So he apparently is a private pilot, and he's got he's got a nice airplane by the way. He's got a million dollar aircraft, I think Pilatus, and he's flying around the country. He's doing a tour, and on this tour, here's a little piece of of four uh, by General Electric. I might add here here is a little bit of him uh, speaking. 
Well, Mr. Boehner wants to give these guys a vote again because they're... So again, this is on stage doing his tour. He has a leather jacket on and a bar stool on stage. 70 people, he says, in the House that have never voted on Obamacare before, and he wants to give them the chance. Hell, let's go back and vote on women's rights. Can they still vote? Want to have a vote on that? Maybe we should do something on civil rights or the Voting Rights Act. These people aren't living in reality. The country has voted twice for Barack Obama. There is no doubt that the Supreme Court gave the ruling which is best for the country, for the greater good, which is in the Constitution. And Well, the greater good is in the Constitution? Can is you, it? I don't no, think so. No, of course it's not. But he's just full of crap as usual. <laughs> he just said, it's in the Constitution that you can do things for the greater good. No, it's not. <laughs> I, no, I'll, I'll say, I could be mistaken. Well, let's go take a look. The Constitution's online. We can search it. And uh, is there, is there, well, I'll play the, the remaining 10 seconds of this clip. The Constitution, and we will never give up this fight to make sure that every American has a chance at decent health care coverage in this country. Liberals, that's who we are. We care about our neighbors. <laughs> oh, that was funny. So while you're looking it up, I want to play a little of the opening montage to show you how insane this guy is. He thinks he is the president. So you'll hear him talking, and then they'll cut to the president back and forth like like he's the vice president or he's like the president's keeper or his guardian angel or some twisted thing. This is the opening montage of his tour. You know what? We're going back to work. And going around America is a big part of telling the story. Fire and over. Thriving, rising, middle class, investment in education, and a dynamic, cutting edge economy. And going round two on Elkhead. I'm going back with a serious note. Kind of an edge. I want to repeal the law of the land. Is that clear? We will not back down from that fight. So when you do this kind of thing, you're weird. You know, he's really, he really thinks he's all that in a bag of chips. In his brown leather jacket. Did you find uh, the greater good in the Constitution? It's not yet? in there. And uh, are you sure? Because Ed said some it. other funny stuff uh, <laughs> in the Constitution. There's lots the of Constitution. Funny, lots this of funny is the, stuff, on, yeah. on some of the one of these answer forms where people jump in. The Constitution was not designed for the communistic dogma of the greater good. It was designed to protect individual sovereignty. The Constitution provides for the common defense and to promote the general welfare. But we, the people, has always been denoted as a protection for individuals creating the people, not as a member of a minority group, but as a minority of I, the individual, with equal rights and freedom for everyone individually. Well, I'm looking at the chat room. Here's a greater good in the Constitution can be found along a paved road with good intentions to hell. Okay, so <laughs> I don't think that. Uh, oh, <laughs> the Constitution that's online doesn't include the read-between-the-lines text that is being referred to. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's not in there. <laughs> just, I just, I, I've read it a couple times. I really don't think it's in there. No, it's not in there. The common welfare might be in there, and it is common defense, <clears throat> general welfare. Hmm. Um, no, 
No. It's a meaningless com- com- concept, this other guy says, unless taken literally, in which case the only possible meaning is the sum of the good of all individual men involved. No, this guy's, a, this guy's an a-hole, this Ed yes. Schwartz. Hey, let, let me just stop for a second, John, and uh, I'd like to uh, take a moment and congratulate you on World Trade Week, which is coming up this week. Oh! And... You've got to trade some worlds. And by president, that's exactly right. And by presidential proclamation, it is Emergency Medical Services Week. So all of my favorite EM, uh, EM technicians. We have a few uh, will, listeners. We do. They will be handing out extra Haldol if you wig out this week. So that's uh, congratulations. And last night, John, uh, somehow we forgot to discuss it. We forgot to call it. But it is a tradition here on the No Agenda program, which is also known the as... We always celebrate the winner of what is that pan. Uh, <laughs> I was making bets you weren't you were going to forget about this. How can I forget the Eurovision Song Contest, ladies and gentlemen? Congratulations to the People's Nation of Gitmo, Denmark, for winning with Emily DeForest. The song is only teardrops. A good little ditty. I like it because it has, you know, like a little piccolo at the beginning. It's got some good militaristic drums going on. And she's smoking hot. Have you seen her? She's 20 years old. And she likes bicycling and walking in the rain. (laughs) Now, there's something bad, though. Controversy. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. So the Netherlands, so first of all, this is it gets really sad. So uh, England sent Bonnie Tyler, uh, who uh, had a number one hit in the eighties with "It's a Heartache," and yeah, she had a very distinct vocal. Remember that song, John? Yeah. Can you sing two bars? Uh, two bars. Two bars. Yeah. And uh, the Netherlands sent uh, Anouk, who was a, a very good singer. Uh, has had uh, I don't know if she ever really had international success, but very well respected in the Netherlands. And this is the thing that I recommend against, because you know you have strikes against you by doing this as an established artist. Even though it's the Eurovision Song Contest, it's only supposed to be about the song. And uh, it appears that the Danish song, the winning song, was stolen. Blatantly ripped off from an, an existing Dutch group. What? Yes. So the the, the song uh, by well, maybe she's just doing a cover. No, no, it's not a cover. No, no, it's a cover. No, here they are side by side. I didn't do this mix, but it's kind of side by side. So here's the winning song by uh, Emily de de Forez from Denmark. The sky is red tonight. We're on the and in a moment, we'll switch over to Chaotic from, uh, I think, almost 10 years ago, maybe. Here it comes. It's the same song. <laughs> it is. It really, it really is. <laughs> I'm listening to some, like, it gets, it, this is just the intro. Wait until you hear the, kind of like the hook. Hold on a second. Get, get to it here. So... So there's the the winning song from Denmark. (laughs) Here we go. Get ready. 
And <laughs> it's the same song. So I think we should uh, be bombing Denmark any minute now. The World War Three can commence. They ripped us off. That is funny. It's the same song. I mean, it is. Yeah, no, it, no, it's the same song. It's it's, it's uh, actually actionable. It's very actionable. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought that would be fun. It was very funny. And uh, with that, I think we should thank. Uh, I see the spreadsheet came in, so we can uh, thank uh, anyone who supported us. We've been uh, having some issues with the uh, Sunday show, and uh, I think you even put out a plea and said, "Please." Yeah, well, we did. We 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 caught up with the Sunday show. Oh, good. But Sunday show is going to still. I mean, we still have, and I don't want to keep sending two mailings a, a week. I noticed you sent your signature. Can we like take that and print it on checks? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> it won't do you any good. There's no money in the bank. It's just bounce. Because uh, I'll end up with the bounce fee. Uh, let's thank a few executive producers and associate executive producers for show 514, beginning with Hyperware Technology, uh, Black Baron, David Foley, and Los Gatos. The Lost Cat, California. Uh, actually, it's the cat, I think. Or the cats of 514. In the morning, John and Adam from the Black Baron of Silicon Valley. Please send a dose of No Agenda Karma my way. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. You've got... Karma. And Black Baron David Foley will also be the only member of the 514 Club, an exclusive club indeed this episode. Yes, with one, well, he can bring in his wife. Mary Paul Stewart, uh, 33333 from Seattle, now a proud lady of the manor and holder of the 334 Challenge coin. Oh. Missed it by that much, she says. <laughs> the 333, yeah, cool. Uh, but wait a minute, does, Brown, it, hold on, Sir hold on, hold on, hold on. Does that mean she, is she already a lady? She is now. Because uh, I don't have anything on the well, list. Well, we don't. It's, if you read the memo on peerage, we do not do any ceremonial stuff. You can just, you're just now allowed to call yourself the lady of the man. Oh, I'm or sorry. Or the grand gentleman. Oh, okay. I know. But, but I mean, that's usually a title change, and that's usually listed in the uh, email. Uh, we won't probably be able to do that. <laughs> I just can't see it. Okay. Well, I'm going to put it she in. She mentions for... it. She says right there. Okay, okay. So you can put it in the. Uh, you can put it in the in the credits. I'm going to do it right now. Lady just... Mary Paul Stewart. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Uh, Sir Keith, it's, you know, getting complicated now that we got all these things going on. <laughs> it's like horrible. Real work. What were we thinking? Sir Keith of? Browns. But, but unfortunately, <laughs> when when people dig up this era, I'm just reminding everybody out there. Someday, uh, about 1,500 years from now, they're going to dig up this stuff and and. Hopefully, our stuff, which is we get, we'll have it digitized in all sorts of different ways, and then pounded into tin plates, and then when they dig it up, say, "Oh my God, this was, there was a whole government structure <laughs> there was worldwide. A, there was a worldwide and here's the people who ran the world." <laughs> and Mary Paul Stewart will be seen as some lady of the manor from you know. She might get a plaque somewhere. She might get a posthumous plaque. <laughs> They'll find, they'll find the remnants of Seattle, you know, they'll be digging away. Yeah. <laughs> Sir Keith Brown in Spring, Texas, 33333. Right Stepping Keith. up to support the Sunday show should put me well over the requirement for a baronet. If you have the time, I'd like to request some aching back karma. Oh, aching back karma. Okay, oh, counting. Okay. He's got the money uh, accounted for. Never received executive producer credit some point in uh, show whatever. You know, that, that may have been when we had that one PayPal. Oh, yeah, we had food. a glitch. So uh, huge apologies for that. And um, go to the show notes for to, uh, for Thursday. 
under vaccines, you will find a, a link to Dr. Ken. He's the guy who uh, worked me over with his rubber bands and his uh, broom handle. He will but fix what did you he up. What do with the broom handle? We talked about that. So if he, so if Sir Keith is in spring, I don't know if he, I don't, he may have emailed me about uh, Dr. Yeah, we should have a tech big Texas meetup. You've got more people down there, including yeah, our should. next donor. Yeah, you're right. A contributor. Oh, Sir Gene, executive yeah. producer. Yeah, Sir Gene. Well, hold on. First, let me give uh, Sir Keith his uh, aching back karma oh, for a second. Sorry. Yeah. You've got karma. You know, Sir Gene is moving to Austin. Oh, they so they just to keep better tabs on you. <laughs> well, we know, yeah, we know. Sir Gene is a consultant of some sorts. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, I'm sure he is. It's, it's he, I think he got a promotion. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the, the hey. Adam Curry account. <laughs> By Ayn Rand, and he says, "You guys don't know what you're talking about. You are so wrong." Here's three, 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 which I think is code for "good job." Sir and I'm pretty Dwayne sure that Mel- refers to Boston. Sir Dwayne Melanson. Uh, again, he's so fantastic. High guard, oh, Oregon. Man. He's been helping us out all, all month. Yeah, he's been on a roll. Uh, three, three. He's, I don't, he's, we've got to check his numbers because he may be a baron or a double baron he or something. May, he, yeah. Earl. No, he is an earl. I know he's an earl because I think he was w- an earl from the last show. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. Put hey. him, put, change that sir to earl. Well, then how? Like, yeah, but we're going to have problems with this, like I said, because we don't have the, the the code. Actually, JC may rewrite all this. And can can he just write it. that in JavaScript? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll pay him. We'll pay him extra. That's what he's learning, but not very much. And don't start promising things. <laughs> ITM gentlemen, when I am president, I can assure you the first thing I will do is close down Guantanamo. You can take that to the bank. Uh, hold on a second. Where is that? Thing? I can never find that one. You can take that to the bank. There you go. Then I will broadcast no agenda constantly over the giant voice system. Please resume resume normal activity. This is not you know that's not a real good idea. That could irk some people after a while. <laughs> Jason but- Montgomery in High River, Alberta, three hundred dollars. Uh, I have no comment from him. I apparently. But we do have Jeremy Johnson in Port Angeles, Washington, 258-88. He'll be associate executive producer. Heil, Biff, Jebediah, and Mabel donating in honor of the IRS distraction of the week. When does Hot Pockets 2010 tour start? Hot Pockets. So it's funny you ask that because um, two things happened. You know, I I did wind up buying a Ms. Mickey uh, um, a, a replacement vehicle. A Ford Expedition from 2005. Uh, not really the, the miles I want. It had a hundred thousand miles on it, but you know, of course that. But it was a clean car, and I spent the extra, I think, eight hundred dollars, and I have like a, a huge warranty on it because that's the thing that I that I messed up on on the on the Range Rover. Um, so you know, now and it's like, oh, I hear some something in the engine. I don't care. Because that thing will fall apart, and I can take it back, and they'll fix it for free, uh, or kind of for free. But this thing has the huge 5.7 uh, engine. Oh God! And I, I mean, Miss Mickey, already- just go to the gas station, grab the pump, and just shoot it onto the ground. And uh, so Miss Mickey already, because of course, you know, it's meant for either six children or you know a huge payload, and uh, so she already did a 180. <laughs> <laughs> turning onto the highway <laughs> on I-35. It's like you got to learn the accelerator a little bit in that thing. Uh, and our uh, our producer Brandon here in Austin came, all of a sudden he sent me an email. Said just so you know, you know that thirty-five foot trailer, the one with the TV screen that automatically pops up and everything, the one we couldn't 
pole with uh, with the, with the pickup truck. He yeah. says whenever you need it. So the thinking is when we get back from our European trip, which will be relatively short, uh, in uh, so it's the beginning of August. The idea is maybe to hook up Brandon's uh, trailer to the um, uh, to the expedition and and go up uh, to Seattle and then maybe drive down the West Coast a little bit before heading back. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Are you coming? You coming with? No. Oh, okay. So that's the well, answer there. Okay. Uh, onward. Volvo Plus Tuning in Raleigh, North Carolina, 250. Keep the good work. Ralph Lehman in some place. Woodens Will somewhere or other. Parts Unknown, 250. It sounds, it, so, sounds like Vaudensville. Vaudensville? Vaudensville, perhaps. Ah, oh, stupid PayPal with their double single byte encoded they don't, I know they need to get, uh, get on, Unicode or something. Come into 2013, please. Kenneth uh, Brzezinski in Marengo, Illinois, uh, 20513. Robert Hill, Glen Rorock, Wyoming. Uh, Google, he said, due to the Google fiasco, he wanted, uh, he always says, he, he's just saying why he's giving us money because it's $5 a month he thinks is probably too low. Uh, and he says 73s, and he's, uh, he's obviously a ham. Uh, Kevin Johnson, 6, high-velocity car, KJ6HVC. <laughs> Right. Yes, O-M. F-B. <laughs> Kent O'Rourke in Frostburg, Maryland, 200 bucks. Want to get some value for value. I'd like to get some karma for the show. Hopefully some pre-donor boners turn in a f- to full-blown donors. As always, thanks for the best podcast in the universe. You've got karma. And I think I remember something coming in from Varney. Let me just take a quick look. Okay. No. David Varney, $200, uh, with no comment. Uh, we want to thank them and everybody else who helped us produce this show. Uh, five. Yes, and we want to thank our artist in particular, um, new artist on the scene who uh, did the album art for episode two, uh, 513, uh, Bomb O Bot. Thank you, Bomb O Bot. Good work. And uh, remind you, Dvorak.org slash NA is the main donation donation support page. Also, um, Dvorak uh, or uh, channeldvorak.com slash NA or uh, noagendashow.com. <laughs> how's, no this wor- how's this working out? I'm, I, I'm, sometimes I'm really good at that. It's like you and those names at the end. <laughs> let me and help. And otherwise, I'm just yeah. falling all over. Let me help you. Dvorak.org slash NA. That's right. Sunday, the beginning of a new week. Time to go out and propagate. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. So, um, I realize that um, you probably met up with our friends from Austin... Uh, Lori Frick and her husband Mark. Yeah, how was that? Did they talk to you about it? How I'm just asking how it was. I think they're sweet. Did you? Well, so yeah, they are. But now, so just to set the stage, these are the Obama bots. I didn't realize that until about halfway through the meeting. <laughs> then you wait. It was a meeting. You I had said, a meeting. Oh, you guys are the Obama bots. <laughs> oh, I've always wanted to meet you. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, I, you actually said that, didn't you? Pretty much. <laughs> so, um, Miss Mickey received an email this morning. Uh, okay, John C. Dvorak, this is from Lori, suggested I report that he was an incredible prick and keep his reputation intact. <laughs> but in fact, he was gracious, <laughs> chatty, charming, and we talked for at least two hours. He did a show. <laughs> he met my dealer, Edward. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and grilled him on the world of art and art fairs. Then we had wine at the Gucci Greens restaurant on the pier and talked and gossiped about all sorts of things. Seriously, it was the highlight of the day. Thanks for urging him to come. Even Mark liked him. <laughs> so uh, you told me, you, they told me that you said to them, he's going to be mean to you. <laughs> I had to set expectations because, you know, I, I like these people. You know, I, even if they're Obama bots, it doesn't matter. I like them. I mean, I, I, I don't like crazy Republicans either. You know, but, you know, it's like I don't want to, you know, because, look, you're an acquired taste. <laughs> That's bull. <laughs> the, I remember the first time you met Mickey. We had dinner. And you were such a douchebag, and she was, and she hated you, and she got so mad. And this is like right. No, in the no let's go over this correctly. She got so mad in the car. She no, told, this is because she told you me, got plastered. No, I did not get and plastered. And I egged you on into because it was you missed it. Yes. So that's my point. I you, can see her being steamed up after that episode. No, no. She actually said, "Get out of the car." And, and I and I said, "I'm not getting out of the car. You get out of the car." <laughs> I did my part. You were horrible, and but it was like some experiment. Like you're like, oh, I got a great idea. Let's let's. They love each other. He's just left his wife for her. Let's screw with their heads. <laughs> That's the truth, Dvorak. That's what you did. Admit yeah. it. Eh, there was a little bit of that. Yeah, there was a little bit of that. So anyway, whatever happened it somehow. Was, I, from my perspective, the whole. Night, that particular night was hilarious. <laughs> it, was, it was it was like our first uh, fight, <laughs> not to be the last. So anyway, uh, yeah, no, I liked it too. But we ended up talking mostly about art movements, art trades. You know, she sold out. What? <laughs> what do you mean she sold out? All her works that were at that exhibit oh, no, sold. Oh, oh, I'm telling you, she's she's incredibly successful. She, she, one piece went for twelve grand. I'm telling you, she's hugely successful. And I see, I see people copying what she I mean, does they, now. She sold out. I think they're still running today. She's got nothing to sell. Unbelievable. I mean, not unbelievable, but fantastic. What the hell? They're paying for dinner next time. Well, that's what I told them after she said where, this. Where, you guys are buying. Really? Where's her donation? She, she's hey, Obama you, boss. You know, give you know they're listening. You know they're listening. Oh, they, they oh, yeah. got, oh I know they're oh, going to talk about us. Oh, they're going to talk about us. Yeah, but where's your donation? Where's your Where's your they're, damehood? Where's your knighthood? HP hacks from the, yeah. from the HP 3000 No, no, no Vignette. I think she worked at Vignette. Maybe. I think she started Vignette, maybe. I don't remember that. She didn't say anything about it. Mm. That's a I could Halsey's thing. Halsey Minor? Minor? No, that was no. No, Vignette no, was. No, no. You mean the publishing platform? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. It's another one of Halsey Minor's little creations where he oh. continues to make more money than God and lose it all. Really? 
I don't remember. I I'm, I'm maybe just be confused with someone else. I well, maybe you're confused with what she was part of. I thought that minor well, no, she, Yeah, look it up. Yeah, I, maybe she was. Um, well, let me see. Lori Frick. That's really probably there it what is. I, Born in nineteen vignette software. Snap NBCI. See, I told you she, but I think she was a co-founder. I don't didn't hear the, that. Mm-hmm, well, I, then I could. Oh, I wish I had known that because I would love to gossip about Halsey, Halsey Minor. Minor. Yeah. Well, you need. What is wrong with you? Are you living in this age when you meet with someone? The first thing you do is Wikipedia Google them. I I just went and and did the. Well, I could have, but <laughs> I looked at her uh, YouTube video on from Ted X and bitched about Ted a lot of the times of this meeting. Yeah, meeting. I'm, oh, I'm sure she agreed with you on that. Oh yeah, she did yeah. actually. Yeah, and uh, so I could recognize her, but she the, wouldn't admit to it because that would could blow her chances of being in the Ted crowd. Well, mm-hmm. anyway, so I, I wanted to see what she looked like. So I, and I, I'm watching someone on video. You can say, ah, I'll recognize them. Mm. And uh, it's just a, I didn't do much more research than that. Anyway, they, they, are, I, they are my favorite Obama bots. Without, uh, without doubt. How do they feel about all this stuff, the Obama extension of the Cheney? <laughs> well, I think we're meeting on the. It's like it's like Ed Schultz. They just they, they just oblivious. <laughs> I think I should do a presentation at our next dinner. Yeah, and but I like should... a TEDx speech. No, but eighteen I'll, I'll, minutes. No, I'll do. Canned, no, I'll do a I'll do, stiff, I'll, I'll rigid, play some, boring. I'll play some video clips. And here is here's MSNBC. This is your channel. Let me just show you what you may have missed while you were out selling art. Again, the richest people I know are Democrats. There you go. Once again. Good work. Adam's gonna read his email. Adam's gonna read his email. Adam's gonna read his email on the No Agenda Show. So there's uh, only a couple of things that uh, that came in. You know, I'm still uh, in a uh, never-ending search for youngins who listen to this uh, program. And by the way, I, the, 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 the scariest uh, email I got was the, the following. Your name is being tarnished by negative information online. What can you do to prevent this? Have you gotten any of these? Not for a while. I think they go into my spam box because I don't really get spam. Do something now. Time is not on your side. Wouldn't it be terrible if your loving family, current boss, the people you live beside or your close friends see this embarrassing and potentially career-ending information? And I'm like, you mean the show notes? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Adam, says uh, producer Brendan. I'm a 17-year-old high school student at my school about an hour and a half northwest of Toronto. And there we have tornado drills. What happens during this, you ask? Well, the principal or some other bozo gets on the giant voice system and tells us to get in the halls and crouch down against the lockers. (laughs) Then he proceeds to blow into the microphone (laughs) to simulate wind noise. What? (laughs) (laughs) This is the 
this is the test. No one takes them seriously. So while in the halls, everyone pulls out their phones and Snapchats each other. <laughs> the last lockdown drill we had, I was in the library. Cops came to watch us have this lockdown drill and pound on the window with their guns. We are locked into a small room with windows facing the street, which makes all of about 50 of us in this room sitting duck should a real threat be present. In the morning, adios mofos. Producer Brendan there in Toronto. So... This is proof that what you see on television is not what's really going on in the world. People are smart. The new generation is smart. The kids are smart. They just need an outlet. You know, they just need, this is, I need to start the Adam Curry School of Podcasting. We need to get these kids communicating with each other um, about this kind of stuff. Because it's okay. I'm, I'm a 48, almost 49-year-old guy, and I'm happy that we got a 17-year-old who's listening to this show. I hope they can relate to everything we talk about. Well, maybe they do. Maybe this, is, maybe this truly is. I'm not sure is. they do what the normal people do. Uh, they listen to it and they consider it and they maybe don't buy into some of it. And yeah. some of it they say, well, they're skeptical, which yeah. they should be. Yeah, and then they go course. look it up for themselves and see that yeah. it's yeah. worse yeah. or whatever. Or, or, you know, that's the way you're supposed to do things. That's, but, the, the, that's the way the public... I think, generally speaking, does things, but they're not being allowed to. I think we have to always remember one of the things about the show that always uh, struck me, which is that people gravitate toward it saying stuff like, you know, I knew, I always felt something was wrong. Yes, exactly. And I always believed some crazy things was going on in the background. I wasn't being told. I wasn't being told what was going on. And now listening to you guys just read legislation and listen to these guys on these uh various uh, forums and, and, and hearings yep. uh, proves that I, the listener, was right all yeah. along. And yeah. it was like, it's, we're a breath of fresh air because we deliver the, uh, yeah, yeah, and you're right. the real information. Well, and you know, we, the del truth. we deliver the best that we can. Reality. So, for instance, um, we were talking about Cody R. Wilson. Now, this is the, um, the, the Austin Law student at UT, so, so it said. Uh, so the Book of Knowledge says... Um, who ha runs a nonprofit, which even though I can't find any information on this nonprofit, uh, Defense Distributed, uh, which has been a nonprofit for at least a year, but has not filed any paperwork as such, um, and has fired a, a gun, which uh, was fired once, was replicated in Finland, the thing blew up, um, which is nothing short of a really bad zip gun. Um, we've been following this story um, thinking that this is there is something else going on here, um, and whether Cody Wilson is with the good guys or with the bad guys, there is definitely something going on here. So, uh, what we discussed the previous show, and I got a lot of email about this, which I'm not going to read. Um, you know, we said, "Hey, this guy's got an accent," uh, which already was a setup from one of our producers. Saying, you know, he thought it was Australian. John, you thought maybe South African. Um, most people who listened to our discussion and our analysis, which could be wrong, this, we're the first ones to say, um, they all, a lot of them say, look, I'm Australian. Uh, I can, I, this sounds like an Australian who grew up here, moved to the States, has lived in the States for a long time. Um, all I know is we can't really find any background information on him, which is weird, to say the least. His Wikipedia page is very, very sparse. None of where he grew up, who he grew up with, where he's from, you know, does he have family, none of that. Um, and I got, a, actually, I got a couple of really angry emails of people, you know, who, and I think their heart is in the right place. 
uh, saying, you know, why don't you just go talk to him? Go over there. He's in Austin. Like, you know, that's not what we do. You know, I'm not an investigative reporter, and that's also not the thing that I'm interested in, whether he is for real or not. What I'm interested in is why are we seeing these very slick, it's almost like a promotional program <clears throat> about the about guns and uh, printables and, and really 3D printing of weapons, which is it, what, what he's doing is not special. And as I'm thinking about this, I think it was one or two, maybe three episodes ago, we went back to, oh, it was about climate change. And we went back to the State of the Union. And I had that clip laying around, and somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm like, wasn't there something in the State of the Union about this very thing? And so I go back, and by the way, you've, you've got to do some work to find these state. When it's in February, do you know how many appearances the president has made in video? That's all he does. Oh, my God. So, you know, luck, and, and, if, and oh, yeah, and the C-SPAN search is so helpful. State of the Union in quotes, not in quotes. Yeah, no, it's horrible. C-SPAN search is mediocre. Piece of crap. So anyway, I find this. There are things we can do right now to accelerate this trend. Last year, we created our first manufacturing innovation institute in Youngstown, Ohio. A once shuttered warehouse is now a state-of-the-art lab where new workers are mastering the 3D printing that has the potential to revolutionize the way we make almost everything. There's no reason this can't happen in other towns. So tonight, I'm announcing the launch of three more of these manufacturing hubs, where businesses will partner with the Department of Defense and Energy to turn regions left behind by globalization into global centers of high-tech jobs. And I ask this Congress to help create a network of 15 of these hubs, and guarantee that the next revolution in manufacturing is made right here in America. We can get that done. So, so of course, uh, and while he's saying this, they're, they're actually the camera is um, getting a shot of some guys who um, he actually does like a like a he does like a gang sign. He's like some young guy in the uh, in the uh, in the bleachers there during the State of the Union. And he does like you know with his two fingers like yeah you know like you know you want one of those douchebag like throwing throwing a, yeah the like, douchebag throwing uh, a gang, gang sign. sign from guys white guys yeah like wow the guy just threw a gang sign during the State of the Union okay I, I missed that the first time around okay so now I go around looking and what was the sign what did it say did you look <laughs> there there are you know there is a decoding system for yes no no I, I know exactly what it said I'm a douchebag is what it was <laughs> that's, the, that's the very typical that we've seen this sign before. Um, so there, so he, so the president talks about these manufacturing innovation institutes. So I go looking for the innovation institutes and you come up with this manufacturing.gov where you can find some information about it. And this is relatively recent. The Obama administration announced it's launching competitions to create three new manufacturing innovation institutes with a federal commitment of $200 million. Okay, so now this is getting interesting. There's a lot of money involved. And then we have uh, um, a fact sheet about the competition for three new manufacturing innovation institutes. And at the bottom there, it talks about 3D printing. Additive manufacturing, often referred to as 3D printing, 
is a new way of making products and components from a digital model and will have implications in a wide range of industries, including defense, aerospace, which is the same thing, automotive, same thing, and metals manufacturing. Like an office printer that puts 2D digital files on a piece of paper, a 3D printer creates compounds by depositing thin layers of material one after another using a digital blueprint until the exact component required has been created. The Department of Defense envisions customizing parts on-site for operational systems that would otherwise be expensive to make or ship. The Department of Energy anticipates that additive processes would be able to save more than 50% energy use compared to today's subtractive manufacturing process. So then I'm like, okay, where are these centers? You need to go to NAMII.org. That's uh, November Alpha Mike, India, India. Org, the National Additive Manufacturing Innovation Institute. When you see this, it becomes very clear. What, the, what this is about is it's, a, it's not even a war on 3D printers. This is a war on hacker spaces. We can't have, we cannot have in the furthest of any imagination, individuals grouping together in hacker spaces. And we have, it turns out we have a, a pretty big one here in Austin, which I'm we go- have two or three here. In I'm, the Bay going, Area. I'm going to visit this now. Now I'm now I'm really I'm freaking interested. This is a and and I and I think we were right in our assertion. And whether Cody is on the good side of this or the where they, no matter what he's doing, he is helping the government make uh, additive manufacturing dangerous, and therefore it has to be controlled. And the way you control that is in these. Innovation institutes in these manufacturing innovation institutes, which are government sanctioned with huge budgets. We're talking $75 million a pop, people. So where is everyone going to go? These are going to be, and it's Department of Defense, it's aerospace. This is, this is the business of America. If you look at where, where our industry is, we make stuff that goes on to stuff that kills stuff. And predominantly brown people who live in sandy areas. We're very, very good at this. I, not my favorite, but that's what, that is our industry. That is our industry. Instead of people making their own bicycles or, you know, their own uh, pots and pans or, or we, it, this is a, it, it truly is a revolution. This is what the TPP is about too. The Trans-Pacific Partnership, all of these, um, um, intellectual property laws that are all secret that we're not allowed to know about because of this. And we need to figure out how to get a hold of as much of this technology. And it's, it's going to go underground. It has to go underground to protect it because this is truly our future. And this is, this is training wheels. This is training wheels with a helmet on this stuff that we have right now. The future is so large and these people, the big manufacturers, and yes, of course, it's going to be GE, who will has the big, the giant voice system called Broadcast, who will be telling you how dangerous this is, and we have to regulate this technology because, oh, you know, stupid slaves, they might be going off like Cody and making a gun. And so I think we have latched on to something here that is as important as the energy pipeline industry that you know that is uh, wrecking the world. This is going to be a front, and this is actually a front I want to be on. I want to be on the front lines of this. Well, something's up. <laughs> to sum it up, ladies and gentlemen, 
something's amiss. <laughs> Thanks, John. Thanks for the backup there, buddy. I'm good at this analysis. Yeah. Something's up. Something's up. Uh, so uh, the hackerspace thing is fantastic. Um, and I'm thinking, although I see the one in, in Austin is already messed up, you know, the minute people like try to make money off of it, that's when it, it that's when it breaks down. You know, it's like, oh, we got shares in the hackerspace and, you know, there's angel investors like, oh, you're ruining everything. You know, this is this is like farming. You know, this is the this is the 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 21st century version of. Yeah, farming. no, that's actually a good analogy because the little farmer is the, the whole goal of big egg, as they like to call it, is to just wipe out the little farmers and then yeah. and industrialize all our food instead of having some, you know, uh, Great tasting or uh, heirloom product that mm-hmm. we can get maybe a little – actually, it's not even that much more expensive than the commercial stuff. Uh, but it keeps a little farmer in in, uh, in business. Those guys, they sh- they, they would li- love to shoot them all. In fact, there's a <laughs> – Take recent, them back and shoot them all. There's recent legislation that's uh, that's coming out and we'll probably be discussing it further in shows in the future when some more – when some hearings show up. About you know pretty much putting the organic farmer out of business and putting out the putting the small dairy out of business. Anyone who makes raw milk, they go and I, I got letters from people. Oh, you you you've extolled the virtues of raw milk. You're going to kill everyone. And so then I said, well, that's interesting because we've been drinking raw milk uh, up in Port Angeles for 15 years. That's all we drink, gallons of it. And no one's ever gotten ill. I actually feel a lot better drinking it. You don't, you know, it's got well, other. You know. Well, hold on a second. Now you are, there are some things I'm seeing going wrong with you. <laughs> and I, and I, and I think I have. But that I wasn't mean to the two Obama bots? No, no. Now, do you remember what we talked about last week right after the show? Yeah. Do you? No. May I talk about it? What was it? About your new grandchild? Oh, well, no, I'd rather not talk about family matters, but uh, to be <laughs> honest about it. Okay. But uh, no, that's because I'm down here. It was hilarious. I have not. Yes, very funny <laughs> to you. You just like to ridicule me. But oh, that's all I live for. Yes. It's uh, true. <laughs> yeah. it's, I've been down here for four months. I have not had any raw milk, so I, my mind is slowly going. <laughs> that's it. There you go. Okay, I'll take that. As, that's proof, too. That's okay. That's good. So that's that's uh, positive proof, proof positive. That's good. Well, in uh, Europe, then, you know. Uh, well, by the way, you have your little list there of people's birthdays. I, I get a kick out. You're going to get a kick out of this. The birthday list. You have to add a new name to it that the JC apparently forgot. <laughs> okay. Eric, his brother. <laughs> the shill. Yeah. When when when's his birthday? When is it? It was yesterday. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. See, but see now, now you're now. This is actually kind of low. I mean, you're calling out your kid. Nah, but, I'm just kidding. Let's get mm-hmm. back to the topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Euroland, um, they have new seed laws where you you won't be able to have any seeds unless they're registered with the government. Yeah, there was been actually there was another thing that happened in Euro law too besides yeah, the, the registered uh, seed. There was, the oil. There was a couple of horrible things that go on. <clears throat> the uh, the olive oil. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> olive oil. Can you believe that? <laughs> yes. Why don't you explain what that is to people who don't know? Okay, I have it here. I have uh, <clears throat> I 
have an actual link. Uh, you can find all this in the show notes, of course, at 514.nashownotes.com. After the show is published, uh, the European Union is to ban olive jugs and dipping bowls from restaurant tables in a move described by one of Britain's top cooks as authoritarian and damaging to artisanal food makers. Uh, so, yes, apparently, uh, uh, starting next year, olive oil presented at restaurant table, quote-unquote, must be in pre-packaged factory bottles with a tamper-proof dispensing nozzle and labeling in line with EU industrial standards. <laughs> so, in other words, if a little restaurant in the countryside in Italy, let's say, in Tuscany, where they, have grow, they grow their oil. own olives and they crush their own olive oil and they bring it out to the <clears throat> customer, they can't do that anymore. That is not allowed. Now, they can, of course, uh, bring their olives to the industrial giant who will mash them with their other olives and package them in nice little friendly cartons. And then they can put the little cartons on the table. And the whole thing is sad. But this, you know, this is just a, it's just a pendulum. I mean, it all comes back. Our grandkids will be great. Whatever their names are. Exactly. Uh, the, our grand, I wish I had a grandkid. You will shortly. I understand. <laughs> my, my daughter decided she's lesbian. It's like, ugh. oh, that's a phase. I don't know. No, I don't think this one's a phase. They're really in love. She, oh, she has a girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, well, there goes your grandkid. <laughs> Can I borrow one of yours? Or actually, they may. Uh, no, there's adopt. talk. No, there, no, there's talk of uh, of all kinds of. Uh, but I'm like, well, why don't you try each other for a while? <laughs> Take your time. Yeah. Anyway, so you got any more commentary about the National Additive Manufacturing Innovation Institute? Why who comes up with these names? N A M I I has an official. It's sound. a defense industry. Yeah. It, it is the. I'm looking at these guys though. Look at the site. Background. Look at these guys. They're defense douches. They're Boeing guys, McDonald's guys, a lot of aero, aerospace. Raytheon, guys. the Palm Group. I mean, yeah. come on! This whole thing is. And they're in, and this is Youngstown, Ohio. So this is not, this is, um, so the president said, let's set up these centers. And the first one is in Youngstown, Youngstown Ohio. But this one, uh, this is a, uh, I think it's for profit. This is not like a, a nonprofit dealio here. Mm. Uh, let me just see members become a member. So anyway, this is, you know, it's clear what they want and we have to encourage, I'm th- maybe I should do. I think we need more, and I think really the hackerspace is what it's about, and maybe there's a Kickstarter in there. I think a Kickstarter for a hackerspace or like a national hackerspace or something, that would be big. I think a Something lot of, to compete with the big boys. Yeah, because this is lame. Uh, and you won't be able to have anything made here. It's not like they're foundries. Exactly. So, so anyway, so the, regardless of what Cody's uh, mission, whatever he's mission. about. Mission, uh, I think he hit the right word. Yeah, mission. <laughs> I think it is a mission. Um, he's succeeding. And, but he's not succeeding in some, you know, if he were to come out with this and say, look, we got to have, uh, you know, free access to printers. No, he's he's all on the gun thing. And there's some videos. I don't know. I, I'm not trusting this. I just anyway, it doesn't matter because now we know what it's about. So we can keep our eye on this. This is the long game. It was an exciting time for our community, said the founding director to the boss of Raytheon. Please, 
I mean, there's there's like kids who have great ideas, but no, no, no. We have to take all these these great skills, and you got to make parts for killing machines. Hey, slave, get over here. Design a paint part for my drone. No, that's not what this is about. You know, we can make great things. Did you go to the Maker Fair? Did you see? uh, Did you go? No, I didn't go. Oh, uh, I was busy working on the show. Oh well, so Gene, uh, Sir Gene, uh, you know the. yeah, the, he was supposed the, to meet with me, by the, the way. The Baron of the Marriott. With the uh, with the with the Fricks. Oh yeah, he didn't meet up? No. Never no. showed. Oh, maybe you just didn't see him. No, no. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry, he saw you. He uh he so he sent me a picture from kept the maker. Fair. What was a red dot that kept showing up <laughs> on my chest? <laughs> he, he sent me a picture and I think there was someone who made a whole bike. Like a it was like a printed bike with wooden fenders, and it was beautiful. So, you know, this is the kind of stuff that we... Can you imagine how, how drastically that will change? I mean, yesterday, we, um, we tried something which turned out to be not such a great product and not an outstanding product. You actually recommended we get a misting fan. No, not a fan. I recommend those little misting little nozzles. Right. So we got um, a fan that has those nozzles. Okay. This is not an outstanding product. It, well, it basically makes you... I didn't you, recommend that. No, I no, recommend okay, just the right. nozzles. All right. Well, we got the nozzles, and we got one that had a fan attached to it. All right. And it's not good. It just makes Why? you wet. It makes you wet. <laughs> oh, well, that's no good. No, of it, course it's no good. That, but, that's what they use in the NFL. They use those things with the fan. Right. But when I look at this thing, because, of course, you know, it comes in a box and some assembly required. Always. The <sighs> IKEA model. Yeah, which I, I'm really starting to dislike. I mean, this is this is cheating people out of jobs. This is this is that's truly what it is. Because all you're doing now is getting some cheap crap from China, and believe me, it is cheap crap from China. And you're not and you're not even keeping them in jobs. Like no, no, no. Just punch it out of your machine. Don't have any slaves put it together. No, no, no. Keep it in an economical box so it, you can fit a million of them in a container and ship them over. You know, this is, in fact, having a 3D printer is going to be deemed patriotic one day. Put that in the book. Put that in the book. Because it is how we will fight in the global war. It's how we become independent. Because I look at this fan, I'm like, this is such shit. It's, it's, it is a shit. It's just plastic shit. Shit, I say. Yeah, you made your point. And I'm like, it's embarrassing that I'm putting this together, and then you turn it on, it just makes you wet. Do you see the disappointment? <laughs> just put a hose and take a fan. And <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, Mickey, stand there. <laughs> Enjoy your mist. So, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, it looked good in the brochure and everything, but no. No, 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 no. This was not an outstanding product. So uh, we can do, and I can imagine, like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to figure out this 3D modeling stuff. What you said the other day, the 3D scanners, that's exciting. So I can go in, I can I can go into Home Depot, scan their piece of shit Chinese fan, and then make modifications to one that'll actually work. And then I don't mind putting it together because then it's mine. Yeah. All right. Gonna be a lot of that. Ah, yeah, there will be. It's gonna be a very exciting time. I wish I was 20 years younger. Because anyone who's you, know, you got to get in on this now, you really got to. Well, get I'll tell in you what you now. have to do. First, you're going to have to get to learn the software, and and most yeah. of that is Autodesk right now. Yeah, 
And that's uh, and it, but they do have some. Autodesk has some modules you can buy just for 3D printers that don't cost an arm and a leg, and that's what you have to look for. I think there's some public domain. Well, stuff yeah, there's got to be some open source stuff that does. I this. think that Autodesk has free stuff that you can use. Yeah, I'm but not, but I I would support. Look the, around. I'm supporting open source in this too. I mean, screw it. I'm 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 just that's a part of this revolution for the 21st century, John. And you're yeah. not helping with your you know raving articles about Adobe. <laughs> You're not helping. <laughs> yeah, I would be gl- glad to move over if somebody would make GIMP so it was more than a piece of crap. <laughs> you collaborateur, you. Oh, You're just a collaborator with the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Give, when's the last time you tried the GIMP? They, you know, they do update this the stuff. The GIMP, I keep forgetting that. <laughs> you got to say the GIMP. When's the last time you tried it? They do update it, you know. Do they? Huh. So it's you know, been a couple of years. No, I'll tell you, it's like so. I'm I'm really looking at at this, and here's an, so I, uh, hamvention is going on. <laughs> they have live video streams. Oh, I have, cool! Oh no, it's not cool. Okay, M- Mickey came in. I didn't know that she she came in. She watched. She's like, oh my god. I'm like, oh <laughs> shit. That's hamvention. There was hey, a, you got to put up with these guys. There was a guy who had like to talk about antennas. He had a hard hat on. And on top of the hard hat, he had a miniature antenna tower, which he could raise. The guy that was uh, speaking at the event? (laughs) He was just walking around. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And he could twist it, and it went, it could go up and down. Anyway, it's, it's kind of sad because the whole thing is... There's a huge maker community there as well, but it's being overrun by... You know, by like ICOM, who who pretend to be an American company, but I'm pretty sure their stuff's all Chinese. You know, I think I think the the, the Chinese put their stuff together, and you know, but there's anyway. Uh, I don't know what I was going to say. Oh yes, I, oh, no, I was going to say that uh, FL Digi. There's there's a program um, that that uh, is open source that really competes with. I mean, not just competes, but blows the socks off of any other commercial product out there. And when you see the work that go, there's an update, you know, every couple of days, and it's just, and you know, people are contributing, and it's really nice to see a really good piece of software that is much better than any of the commercial alternatives. And I think that you know, if enough people were interested enough, and I'm trying to push Miss Mickey this way. Because yeah, she's like, oh, you know, Photoshop, and she's like, oh, you know, I'm, I want to get the, the Adobe iCloud. It's a good deal. And it's not a good deal. So I'll get you whatever you want, but it's not a good deal. It's six hundred, seven hundred dollars a year. Yeah, you can get like just one module. Okay, so then it's three hundred dollars a year. You don't own anything. You're on the hook. It's like if if you have a bad month and you can't, you can't, you know, you need the twenty bucks for health care. Then you know they cut you off. <laughs> Your software doesn't work. That's yeah, not, you're done. That's not a, you're, you're done, scrounger. You're not an artist anymore. Go to GIMP. Go get GIMP. <laughs> so the GIMP needs help. And GIMP needs help. Why don't you just put yourself in a situation? You pay, you pay, you can't do it anymore. You go to the GIMP and get yourself back on your feet. Then you can go back. <laughs> what is? What are you missing <laughs> from the GIMP? What? What are you missing from the GIMP? Everything? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. All right, you're not being serious with me. All right, that's fine. That's fine. You just, you just, you just talking. You haven't looked at the gimp in years. I haven't. I'll go look at the gimp again, and then you want me. Just what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna do. Just to be, just to assuage your your uh, your doubting me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna 
Go play with the GIMP. I'm going to write a review of it. I'm going to write a, a regular review this, about this is a great idea. A column. And what a great or not great not product great. it is. Yeah, no, you can be honest, but you should. It's about time someone did an honest review of the GIMP. And if it sucks, and, and I, since I do have Photoshop experience, I can make comparisons, saying, "Well, this is better than Photoshop. This is not as good. This is better, good." And I can do the whole thing, and then I can make my, you know, and that'll be it. I'm done. And then I'll never complain again. Okay. Ever. That's a deal. Mm-hmm. Interesting news came out about uh, Huma, Huma Abedin. Did you uh, see this? Your, your buddy. Yeah. Turns out uh, during her entire time in the uh, as uh, Hillary's body man, their words, not mine, uh, oh. she was also moonlighting as a consultant. Oh, really? Yes. For, oh, how um, nice. Yeah. Um, according to the Times, uh, Uma Abedin worked for Taneo. Uh, Taneo is a strategic consulting firm founded by a co-founder, I think, by Doug Band, former advisor to uh, Bill Clinton. Oh, isn't that convenient? And the, if you read their uh, their uh, about page, the firm has well, advised, how do you spell Taneo? Tango Echo November Echo Oscar. The firm has advised corporate clients like Coca-Cola and MF Global. <laughs> and so she was working there, uh, just like, you know, oh, yeah, uh, just working there uh, part-time while she was uh, with the most powerful woman in the universe. Really? Don't, doesn't that seem like, uh, what do they it call It seems like that? it's illegal, to be honest about it. Well, this of course, and of course, these stories now pop up because everyone knows that you know Hillary is the next president of the United States, and so of course this is. It's not like this is unknown. This is this is the thing that bothers me about it. It's 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 like this IRS thing as well. This has been going on for years, and many many people have complained, and and specifically people have complained about the IRS targeting Tea Party patriot groups with that in their name, which is like one or two mom and pops. Yeah. who actually want well, to change the country. Um, and, well, well but, while you're discussing I do have a clip. Well, I was leading into a clip, but... Okay, but I... Okay, go. You probably have a better clip. By the way, before you go to the IRS story, I want to say something about Taneo. Yes. I'm looking at it. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's, a, it's a huge company. Oh, it's big. And they have Taneo Capital, Taneo Restructuring, mm-hmm. Taneo Strategy, and Taneo Intelligence. They actually oh, yeah. have its own intelligence yeah. gathering arm. Yeah, sure. Which works closely with the State Department, obviously, and they have you all think? kinds of politics yeah. and policy, security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, well, this, this of course, was not a story ever. No, no. no and, it's but, but it's it's obvious that it's known. This is, and this I think is the main thing that people are catching on to, is that uh, none of the media, and I'm looking at you, New York Times in particular. I mean, th- those guys, like, wow. And by the way, you've got the. The former BBC head who you know helped cover up BBC pedo gate, now running the show, you know, pfft. and and you should see he was running news news like like the Rothschilds have now joined uh, the Newsnight team over there in the BBC. The whole thing it's 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 just hilarious how the elites get their hands all over. It's all amazing. Over and listen to this, and you know the money comes in from every which way, especially yeah. the Defense Department money. Which has never been audited. Uh, Taneo was founded in 2011 by three partners. Declan Kelly, former U.S. Special Envoy to Northern Ireland, U.S. CEO of Financial Dynamics and EVP and CIO of FTI Consulting. 
Doug Band, counselor to President William Jefferson Clinton. That's what I just said. He co-founded the company. Yeah, and Paul Keery, former senior managing another FTA. FTI Consulting has got something to do with this. I'll look at that. Go oh, on with Okay, you. I, I, I hadn't looked at that. Yeah, I'll check um, it out. So... When you, what you said earlier, John, when you're thinking like, oh, I feel, I feel it, just something's wrong. I can feel it. That's because your body is inherently smarter than your brain or it's, it knows sooner for some reason. It's the, the it's, our brains have been trained to be stupid. Um, so I got a couple of clips here regarding this IRS thing, which is just very interesting, uh, because it kind of flows along these same lines of, Really, there was gambling going on there? Like, we didn't know that the IRS are a bunch of armed hoods? Are you telling me that if you leave milk out, it goes sour? <laughs> so, Charles Krauthammer, um, who I like, uh, I don't, he doesn't seem to have a show. He's just, he's on shows. Um, so, he's identifying what we said immediately. It's like, hold on a second. This information about the IRS. It was not discovered by accident. It was set up specifically on a call with a shill to ask the question to get this into light, which leads me to believe, as I prophesized on the previous episode, that this is meant to bring down the grand old party. Bit of news that we got. How this was released by the IRS. This is peculiar, and I'm not even sure I can understand why. But they decide, knowing the IG report will come out, this week, uh, they decided a week ago to plant a question in a closed meeting of the ABA so that Lois Lerner answers it and g- 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 gives an answer, assuming, I think, that it's going to leak out. But I'm not even sure I understand the logic of doing that. Why not just issue a press release, say it, but to do it in a sort of ridiculously devious way shows you a, an institution that is sort of given intrinsically to being untruthful and deceptive. See, that's where he goes off the rails, because I don't think that's what's going on here. I, it's No one is that dumb. Certainly not the IRS. By the way, um, in the chat room, no corn syrup says, Taneo is Atlas McDowell. I thought that was a pretty good... Uh, you remember Atlas McDowell? Go on with your clip. From Rubicon? Uh, yes. Um, so here is... So, so of course, I believe that um, that this was brought out because it will turn out that it was indeed the Republican Party leadership who wanted the true Tea Party, uh, the true patriots, real people who really were angry and wanted some change, and they were angry at all political parties, that that's why these small little mom and pops were targeted, but that the, the calls came from the Republican Party and I think my prophecy is coming true as the leadership of the GOP is, seems to be a bit worried. Republicans on Capitol Hill, they're pursuing several investigations right now. You're, here, you're even hearing talk of impeachment from some of them or some of their leaders worried that uh, some of the Republicans may be overplaying their hand. Uh, there's real concern about this. You hear people saying, some Republicans uh, on the right saying this is worse than Watergate, worse than Iran-Contra, talking about impeachment. Well, Republican leaders are worried that could go way too far. In fact, you saw the chairman of the Republican Party, Reince Priebus, today in Politico uh, telling uh, fellow Republicans, look, you don't talk about impeachment until you have the evidence. Well, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting that Mr. Priebus is a little worried about what's happening? 
Did you see any of the C-SPAN um, miniseries with um, Miller, the outgoing head of the uh, of the IRS? Yeah, I have one clip that I thought was interesting for two reasons. This is the one with uh, what's his name? Uh, Gr- uh, what the fuck's his name? Oh. oh. Is it Kelly? I think his name is Kelly. <laughs> Mike Kelly, the Republican. Mike Kelly, go off on the guys. But what was, <laughs> yeah. what was yeah. interesting, besides the rant, yeah. uh, was uh, the huge round of applause <laughs> he got from the peanut gallery. So your clip is, uh, so we have the same clip. So I'm going to play yours because yours is shorter. But this is not going to go away. This is a Pandora's box that has been opened. And I don't think get the lid back on it. And I don't believe that the White House just found out about this in the news report president happened to grab a, a TV shot or just read Mr. George's report and said, you know what, Why, we, anybody heard about this before? Um, I'm just getting a first look at this. Shouldn't somebody be responsible? And I'm thinking maybe the executive office, maybe Treasury falls in there. I'm not sure that, that we understand how that, that organizational chart works. But I, I am really concerned. Now, i got to tell you, uh, where you're sitting, you should be outraged. Uh, but you're not. The American people should be outraged, and they are. And this committee, this has nothing to do with political parties. This has to do with highly targeted groups. This reconfirms everything that the American public believes. This is a huge blow to the faith and trust that the American people have in their government. Is there any limit to the scope of where you folks can go? Is there anything at all? Is there any way that we could ask you, is there any question that you shouldn't have asked? My goodness, how much money do you have in your wallet? Who do you get emails from? Whose sign do you put up in your front yard? This is a tax question. Now, you don't think that's intimidating? It's sure as hell intimidating. And I don't know that I got any answers from you today. And I don't know that uh, what Mr. George has done is great work. But you know what? There's a heck of a lot more that has to come out in this. And anybody to sit here today and listen to what you have to say, I am more concerned today than I was before, and the fact that you all can do just about anything you want to anybody, you know, you can put anybody out of business that you want anytime you want, and i got to tell you, you talked about you're a horribly run uh, organization. If you're on the other side of the fence, you're not given that excuse. And when the IRS comes in, you're not allowed to be shoddy, you're not allowed to be run horribly, you're not allowed to make mistakes, you're not allowed to do one damn thing that doesn't come in compliance. If you do, you're held responsible right then. I just think the American people have seen what's going on right now in their government. This is absolutely an overreach, and this is an outrage for all America. I yield back. All right. (laughs) Mr. Griffin is recognized for five minutes. Hang him by his balls! You you know what I think, as I was listening to that? I'm thinking that the, this, they, these guys have to do this. They have to make the IRS just like they have to drag them through the mud to deflect the truth, which, I, again, I think is because the GOP called uh, Congress in general well, called for well, these investigations. Well, there's another thing going on here we have to re- always re- remember. We, we like the idea of making the IRS a, a, a boogeyman, a really bad actor, mm-hmm. because... It's, it helps scare the public. I mean, every yes! year some celebrity yes. is busted, yeah. and they make a big point of ruining his life so they can scare everybody. Yes. And this is just part of that, as yeah. far as I can tell. Yeah. There's no yeah. – well, he wasn't accomplishing anything by berating these these two or three guys that were just standing there going, shrugging their shoulders, saying, I don't know, we don't Whatever. care. We're, we're stuck Whatever. here. We're supposed to get paid yeah. by the hour. Yeah. 
you know, it's just I agree. part of the I whole agree. system, I, I believe, I even though he seemed outraged and it got a big round of applause. It, it just makes it worse. Everybody likes a common enemy. That's for sure. But it's not going to make it any easier. This is, if anything, the IRS will get a huge overhaul. They'll get new agents, new more uni- money, more money, new uniforms, new guns, <laughs> bigger, <laughs> bigger armbands. It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Of a few people to thank John Johnson, Sir John Johnson Jr. in Troy, New York, hundred thirty-three dollars and thirty-three cents. Uh, he needs his night ring, and we get we're on it. Ryan Burgett in Bothell, Washington, hundred thirty-three dollars and thirty-one cents. Uh, and he wants some karma for a fishing boat. <laughs> and why the hell not? Uh, that's what I'm thinking. You've got karma. Dame Lori Swim in Marysville, Kansas, hundred twenty dollars and forty-seven cents. We got her on the list for the birthday callouts. Armando Guerrera in Austin, Texas. That is our mailman. Remember the mailman who showed up when we just moved to Travis Heights hideout? And he said, and he became an uh, associate executive producer for that show. And he, uh, uh, and I did see, I see him from time to time, of course, is our mailman. You know, he's our mail carrier, I should say. Carrier. Carrier. And uh, he's got the hat. He's got the trop- I can't use the word mailman. Is that something, is it politically incorrect? I don't know. I, I, I've, I hear them talk about themselves as mail carriers. And I think it's because I don't know. I mean, it's like I, stewardess. Now they're flight attendant. Flight attendant, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sir Robert Goshkin. Well, let me let me read the note. Oh well, we were not really reading notes. Yeah. Oh, so, well, you have a bigger note. Oh, okay. Go no, on. it's yeah, it's huge. It's so big. But it was nice. It was an envelope, and he delivered it, you know, without a stamp. So he screwed his employer. Oh well, no, actually, <laughs> I think they have permission to do that. They had, oh, they do. Oh. Uh, because I know in my mailbox I get stuff from the post office commonly, and uh, they oh. can. Uh, oh, that's a good deal. Maybe I could say, "Hey, could you hand this off to you?" I can send. Let, let's try this. Oh, you can save all of fifty cents. Let's see if I can get an envelope to you through our underground network of mail carriers without a stamp. <laughs> it might It'll be possible. Crap out in Nevada, <laughs> Adam and John. Here's my subscription for 2013. Armando Guerra. He's our mailman uh, here in Austin, and he protects us. You know that he's not just. A mail carrier. He keeps his eye on the neighborhood. Yeah, that's what they're supposed to do. Absolutely. And I said Nevada. I should have said Nevada. Nevada. So Robert Goshko in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Uh, Sherwood Park, I wonder if that's one of those ritzy communities. $111.11. I have accrued a triple knighthood and wants to crest the barony of Sherwood Park. Oh, I think that's available, is it not? I believe so. Okay, good work. I'll have to put it down on a notebook somewhere. You might as well give him an LGY hot MILF karma. I thought we weren't doing those. We are for a guy who just become a baron. <laughs> All right, MILF. Ugh. It's not easy, you know. That's one hot MILF, baby. Yay! You've got karma. No, I, I just Sloan Kelly, Niagara Falls, Ontario, $102.08. Anonymous in Plano, Texas. I have to read this note. JCD fan number one. Jeffrey Jackson, Arlington, Massachusetts. Nuts. 100. Life is great. You guys are part of it. Thanks. Uh, Brian Brown, Orange, California, $100. Uh, I have to say this, but yeah. Yes. Give him. Some karma. He needs to get laid. He, he wants coitus, Co- coitus karma. <laughs> You've got 
Karma. Joan Dodafrey in Morgantown, West Virginia, your old hometown, $100. She did send us a long note, which we've read. Uh, I'll have to go look it up. Maybe there's something important for the audience at large. Sir John Smith, St. Petersburg, Florida, $100. Chris Rold, R-O-A-L-D, Tingensdahl. Let me get this. Christianstadt. So that is Sweden, I believe. Christianstadt? Is that not Sweden? I think so. Is that Denmark? Christianstadt. I'm pretty sure that's Sweden. Christian Sand, it looks like. Sweden. Yeah, I'm right. Hey. Oh, good, good hey, hey. Hey, Sweden. I got it. Um he s- says he's still a boner. Robert Hagedus in Spring, Texas. I'm telling you, a big meetup yeah, yeah, in Texas. Yeah, we're going to do a big Texas thing. We got to. Maybe uh, we'll do it in Marfa. Do it in Fort Worth where in, all the money is. In Marfa. No, we'll do it in Marfa. What's Marfa? Oh, 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 my friend. You do you not know of Marfa? No. We'll look that up on your own time. Sir Paul Boyer, Howell, Michigan, $99.99. And Kaylin Ristor uh, in Northville, Michigan, nine 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 nine. And then Ronald uh, Donald Ripple in Dresden, Ohio, eight 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 eight. Oh, that's uh, one of those uh, one of those ham numbers. Thomas Nussbaum in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, we began sixty nine, sixty nine. Yeah, that would be. Uh, but is, that's not just Thomas Nussbaum. There's a bunch of them. No, Nussbaum is like a super double, triple night. Sixty nine, sixty nine. Oh, yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be. And these are names. Yeah, that it's, I it's him and Nicole are both yeah. Saint and Saint, Sir. Saint Nicole. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Stajduhar. Stajduhar. Uh, in uh, Sierra Vista, Arizona. Blake, Blake, just plain old Blake in Norwalk, Connecticut. Sir Gordon Walton in Austin. Oh, Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for his knighthood for his son. That's Anonymous. Right. He, took Jolla, us to our, he took California, us to our first barbecue here in... Uh, great, great test. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baron Sam Luang. Luang. <laughs> By the way, if, if, you, if you have an extra title, since apparently the software is not in place... Uh, please sign your PayPal with your title so we know what to call you. Yeah. Because we, you know, we're just, you know, it's we're like we're winging we, it at this point. You need to put, your, yeah, you need to put your credentials in. Otherwise, we just don't know what to call you anymore. Sixty nine, sixty nine. Uh, Kwong Lu. Read this one. Uh, Santa Ana, California. John, I recently discovered your show. I can't get enough of it. I've been downloading and listening to your old shows, but saddened to learn iTunes does carry shows older than October. Does not. I think. Yeah. I think he says, he says does, but I think he means does not carry shows older than October 2012. I think if you go to the uh, No Agenda Nation and click on the archives button if you want to listen to the old ones. Yeah, we got every single one there. That's always mentioned in the newsletter, but uh, some people don't get the newsletter. Can I get some karma? Yes. Welcome to the family. You've got karma. A lot of 69, 69. Yeah. Well, people are. Including Mira Ranganathan. In Hampton, Middlesex. So why don't you send a picture? Uh, six nine six nine, and then VV Velo in Eindhoven. Hmm. I'm not sure what that means, but six nine six nine. Bruce uh, Simon Bruce Cassidy in Dramen. 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 You know what? The, you know what? You know this is happening. I see something, so I'm going to say something. The Germans are rising. I think there's something going on because I was 
chatting with somebody from Germany recently, mm-hmm. and they said that this is this screwed up. Is there's a this, they're not talking about, but they're just they're as bad a shape as France. Oh, the, it's horrible. But they have you know this is the so the new Germans who I have had the pleasure of uh, working with uh, about uh, seven or eight years ago. We we were thinking about setting up an office in Berlin. And uh, so I, I spent some uh, quite a lot of time in the area, and they're so incredibly nice and helpful and smart. And of course, you know, there's a little bit of overcompensation for you know that whole bike thing back in the Second <laughs> World War. It's like yeah, the Jew thing, whatever. It was like this, 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 maybe there's a little bit of that, but not really anymore. It's like all cool in most cases. Like what? I don't remember. I wasn't around. It's like, and they're great, and they are extremely. Um, technically competent and advanced in their thinking of solving problems and making cool shit, honestly. Um, I've been very impressed. And they're not falling for this dictatorship bullcrap, this Merkelization, uh, and and worse, the, the, the Bundesbank. They're, I think they're seeing through it. And, and they're like, hey, you know, that was our grandparents' problem. We don't want that crap anymore. We really are trying to do something different here. So I feel them. I, you know what I mean? You feel that too, right? Like there's something, there's yeah, something going miss. on. Yeah. They're doing their best to, 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 you know, this is why I think, we're, again, at the beginning of the show, I, even though I was, I picked up on it, uh, you found it, which is that the, this re-legislation about just letting the military come in yeah. and, and quell the riots you don't do that unless you're expecting riots. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Jorn uh, uh, Pinnenberg in <laughs> Kudekirk no, no, Anderin. No. Oh, God. You used to be a lot better. Kudekirk Anderin. Oh, yeah, I'd get that. Karma shout out for you and Mickey. No, for me, uh, Mimi, Murray, Ro- Mimi Rob- and Mickey. What? Mimi and oh, Mickey. Oh, Mimi and Mickey. Oh, yeah. oh, that's nice. Give him a karma shout out then. Yeah, I thought I would do that. By the way... You've got karma. That actually ended our... 69! 69, dude! Good run. Good run. The donation level that will not die. Well, it will. <laughs> Murray, Rob, and Ottawa, Ontario. I'm putting it in the red book. 55-55. Um, he needs a karma shout-out for his mom who's getting over leukemia. Oh, no, he doesn't. Dealing with the effects of chemo. Oh, no, he needs something else. Hold on. We have what he needs... All right, play this for your mom. You've got karma. <laughs> you need to fuck cancer karma. Come on. Uh, Paul Hardjet in Hayes, Kansas, 5510, double nickels on, on the 11. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Kroll, uh, Hamilton, Ohio, double nickels on the dime. Catherine Lee, in, in, she's in, uh, uh, I believe, Malaysia. Looks like, I thought she's Iran. No, I think she's at Malaysia. Oh, okay. Uh, 55, double nickels on it, which is good. We need, you know, they speak English in Singapore. They yes. speak English in Malaysia. They speak English in not so much in Indonesia, but they do. Yes. We need more listeners from those parts of the world. Yeah, with with information about what's happening. Yes. Sam Sloan in LaBelle, Pennsylvania, double nickels on the dime. Harry Bigland, Q Gardens, New York, double nickels. Well, that's, a, that's a Hank in Queens. There was the credit. Hank in Queens. Hank in Queens. Hank in Queens. Uh, Anthony Cabelli in Bismarck, North Dakota. Theodore Hoseman in San Jose. 
Um, I would say Hossman, but I could be wrong. Hossman, yeah. yeah I don't know. Okay, it would be Hossman. You're right. Um, <laughs> Actually, he says something funny. Unlike the pre-donors before me, I was thinking about donating, and then I did. <laughs> That's right. All yeah, like the other but, guy. But like ninety nine percent of the people, ninety nine percent of the people listening to the show, you're not douchebags. You're just pre donors. Nate Wilson in Charleston, South Carolina, gorgeous town. Double nickels on the dime. The bat signal was heard from the newsletter. Double nickels on the dime from one of the Minutemen. Thank you. Can always Michael count. Michael Combs in Medford, Oregon, uh, old time listener from way back. And then we have, let me get a scroll way down here to get past Damian Curry, relative, uh, McLeod of Victoria, Australia. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, probably. Well, he's in Australia. He's, yeah, so. Oh, yeah, prisoners. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just a pre-prisoner, John. That's all I am. Because uh, it's funny because he sent the note, and it was a very long note, and a complimentary note, I would say. Um, but you know, you'd expect it, you know, like the obvious, like, you know, Hey, by the way, dude, like cool name or something. No, none of that. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, thank Jay you very much Zuccal for the support. In Los Angeles, California, 55 bucks. Von Glitchka, Salem, Oregon, uh, Noel Vincente in Landing, Jersey. That's probably Vincenti. Vin- didn't I say Vincente? Yeah, Vincenti. Okay, Vincenti. Jersey, Landing, New Jersey. It's no Vincente. Get with it. Tristan Mason in Auckland, 5432. Do we have him on the birthday list? I don't know. I can see that he's... Uh, I, I love having to do all this double work. Yes, he's on the. He's definitely on the list. So is that too much work for you to do that? Oh, oh let me think. Um, William Smock in San Diego, California, 5389. <laughs> Below me. He says, I haven't used Google since Bing started and never missed it. Huh. I, I just saw that uh, Yahoo has offered $1.1 billion for Tumblr. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, going to suck. That's going to work. That's, that's going to suck. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye, Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> nice knowing you. <laughs> the time to get the side boob pictures off. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Gerlach in Alamo, California, 5150. Keith Gibson, 5150. We got some karma coming up for you, uh, Jeffrey. Keith Gibson, Holly Springs, Holly Springs, North Carolina, fifty-one fifty, um, and then fifty dollars from Norman Lorraine in Edmonton. Right, so Keith, Keith came in twice. Yeah, so he did. Nice. Could be a mistake. Uh, Richard Chow in Fullerton. <laughs> is that like one of those mon- Monopoly cards where? Could be. Where Chow. is it? Keith Gibson has Chow. made a mistake in your advantage. Uh, Barry Kroger in Greeley, Colorado. Uh, Adam Willis in Arlington, Virginia. Daniel Sains, Sens or Sains. Is this the guy who did the early porn for the first uh, Macintosh? Very famous coder, if true. He's Daniel Sains? Yeah, Sains. Look him up. Uh, Edward P. McNamara of Manhattan, Kansas. Tim Hiesel in Hanford. And finally, as I scroll, scroll, Sammy Zahabi. In Vancouver, uh, Brian Presley in Alexandria, Lacey Gann in Mineola, Texas, Andrew Haverson in Gravenhurst, Ontario, Michael Gates in Colorado Springs, Simon Horn in Queensland, and that'll close our uh, segment of uh, uh, contributors and producers for show 514, and we do want to throw an extra karma out there for some people that want some job karma in that 
You've got karma. I'm not seeing your uh, Daniel Sains. 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 S a a e n z. He used to. Two he was very famous for doing some some uh, lewd uh, stuff for the early Macintosh, the old-fashioned clunker, the little bitty one. Do you mean like Leisure Suit Larry? No, may, no, I don't think it was that. I don't know. I'll, I just the name rings a bell. Do you remember that game? Yeah, <laughs> the worst. It was, I never, you know, you, it never work. Like I did everything. <laughs> Next level, <laughs> something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you very much. Uh, you did hear the bad signal. This is what we need. This is what makes me feel good. This makes me feel good about getting up and and um, and being a guardian of reality. I feel good. I feel really, really good. Let's keep this going. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And, of course, we do have another show coming up on Thursday, which means four days of, uh, well, whatever we have to do to uh, to break through the, the bull crap and uh, actually give you some little tidbits of information that might be useful, such as protecting your kids' and your grandkids' future and maybe your very own future because we got 17-year-olds listening to the show. Get in. Get the gimp, first of all. Get the gimp. And get get the gimp and get into uh, this 3D modeling and the 3D printing and start some hacker spaces because the government is coming for you. Otherwise, and this is the, we we have this is this is the future. You are tomorrow's farmers. Dvorak.org/na. Say happy birthday to Sir Swimmer celebrating on the 24th. Of course, that comes from Dame Lori. Mira Ranganathan says happy birthday to her husband Paul, celebrated yesterday. Tristan Mason turned 48, or he turns 48 today. Welcome to the club, my friend Tristan. And happy birthday to the one and only Eric the Shill. We love him so. Coming to you from all of your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe. I wonder if Eric sent himself a card from the show. What? Didn't he used to send out cards to people sometimes on their birthday? Yeah, he had to set up a system where everyone who, who's been recognized, or we don't ask people for their birthdays, but if they throw it in, yeah. then it puts it into a rotation, that's sends cool. out cards. Yeah, that's cool. And so we, as he's done building his, his house... Yeah, you know, the ground up. He sent me a picture. That's pretty impressive. That what he's doing there. He's doing two of them. I know. It's like one for each foot. He will never build another thing again. Um, congratulations, Sir Keith Brown becomes Baronet Keith Brown, and congratulations, Dame Mary Paul Stewart, uh, now Lady Mary Paul Stewart, and uh, indeed, in fifteen hundred years, it will be uncovered, and she may receive a plaque for her dameship, her stewardship as lady. And uh, she will be recognized as one of the leaders of the free underground back in the 21st century. And it's true. It's fact. Fact. So uh, I found it very... Uh, we talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the show about the uh, uh, country becoming a dictatorship of the executive branch. And I was, I was incensed when I listened to Lindsey Graham in front of Congress, essentially selling out the Congress and promoting more of the executive branch bullcrap. I have two clips. Now tell us again who Lindsey Graham is. Lindsey Graham's the douchebag from South Carolina Republican. He's, he's very closely allied with uh, McCain. He's, he's a Republican or is he a Democrat? He's a Republican. Uh-huh. 
He's very closely allied with McCain, and when you see these deals, you always have Lindsey Graham involved and McCain right. involved. Right, uh, yeah, they're doing Let's a reach around. Let's have more bombs. we got to bomb these guys. We gotta, <laughs> why aren't we in Libya? Let's get some of those kids to print up some bombs. <laughs> uh, uh, Lindsey right. Graham goes out of his way to essentially sell out Congress by giving the executive branch more power by uh, by by a bad interpretation. I I have two clips. I have first him and then Angus King, an independent from Maine, going off on pretty much what Lindsey Graham said, even though he never points the finger at him. But when you listen to this, I, there's a want to stop after you play this clip because there's a number of logical questions I would have loved to have seen one of the – in fact, I think Angus King, who came up right after Graham, could have asked the question, and I'm going to ask it uh, and answer it. But instead, uh, King just goes crazy. But Lindsey Graham sells out Congress. Get it. Do you agree with, with me the war against radical Islam or terror, whatever description you like to uh, provide, uh, will go on after the second term of President Obama? Senator, in my judgment, this is going to go on for quite a while. And yes, beyond the ter second term of the president. And beyond this term of Congress. Yes, sir. I think it's at least 10 to 20 years. So, from your point of view, you have all the authorization and legal authorities necessary to conduct a drone strike against uh, terrorist organizations in Yemen without changing the EMF. Yes, sir. I do believe that. Do you agree with that, General? I do, sir. General, do you agree with that? I do, sir. Okay. Could we send military members into Yemen to strike against one of these organizations? Does the president have that authority to, to put boots on the ground in Yemen? Uh, as I mentioned before, there's domestic authority and international law authority. Uh, at the moment, uh, the basis for putting boots in the ground in Yemen, we respect the, the sovereignty of Yemen. Um, and uh, it would... Uh, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about does he have the legal authority under our law to do that? Un under domestic authority, he would have that authority. I hope the Congress is okay with that. I'm okay with that. What? Uh, does he have authority to put boots and ground in the Congo? We have boots. Yes, sir, he does. Okay. Do you agree with me that when it comes to international terrorism, we're talking about a worldwide struggle? Absolutely, sir. They've Would been. you agree with me? The battlefield is wherever the enemy chooses to make it. Yes, sir. From Boston to to, to uh, wow. the Fatah. I couldn't agree with you more. We're in. Our, do you agree with that, General? Yes, sir. I agree that the the enemy decides where the battlefield is, and it could be any place on the planet. And we have to be aware and uh, able to act. And do you have the ability to act? And you aware of the threats? Yes, sir. We do have the ability to react, and we are tracking the threats globally. From my point of view, I think your analysis is correct, and I appreciate all of your service to our country. Now, before you say a word, because uh, I read the transcript of this, and uh, because of mainly the search function on uh, cspanvideo.org, I was not just unable to get anything in time. So it's, it is by default a little bit, but still, I have to give you the clip of the day. Clip of the day. Because, of course, this a-hole, and I think he should be um, uh, thrown into the hot box, uh, is, is, is saying 
that uh, Congress no longer has the constitutional authority to declare war. It's basically the president and right. and whatever powers he thinks he has. This is mind-boggling. And for him to actually say, I, I agree. I, th- I think Congress should agree. It's all, this is exactly it. I mean, it, 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 I'm, I am almost speechless. Isn't that amazing, that clip? That guy's unbelievable. Now, here's the thing that should have happened right after that. Somebody should have come out with a kind of a, kind of a just a similar line of questioning, follow right with Lindsey Graham. After he says, is it okay to put boots on the ground in Congo? Yeah, shit, no problem. (laughs) Is it okay to put boots on the ground in Germany? Is it okay to put boots on the ground in England? Is it okay to put boots on the ground in Mexico, in Canada? Is it okay to put boots on the ground in China? Is it okay to put, they have to say yes to all these questions. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody should have said Germany for sure. That would have, that would have ticked someone off. Because they have to say yes to that. Well, the, Germany is an, is a, we is have, an ally. We, it, we have oh, boots. Oh, but do we have the authorization? We do. We have boots on the ground in Germany. Well, we do, but I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying. No, uh, but that's how. In a, well, we do have boots on the ground, but they're in a camp. So um, just for. Just yeah, for, actually, just for, we do have boots on the ground in Germany. What am I thinking? So so uh, just for, so people understand, um, uh, we have to explain that, that according to the rules of the United States, um, only Congress, and this, of course, has been going on uh, for forever, because we have undeclared wars uh, in both. Uh, is what Iraq was declared though, wasn't it? Didn't Congress? No, declare no, it? it was. It was a uh, no. The only the closest they, they no, they came up on, with this authorization for military authority yeah. or military action. Sorry. Uh, there was never a declaration of war. Technically, right. we've never done one Techn- since uh, yeah, a long time. Uh, Long time. Long time. So Angus King well, this was is, the this independent. Is going, this is going a little bit too far, though. <laughs> it's like So it, it, basically wherever the enemy is at. So Boston, he, they can put Boston, boots on the Boston, he said Boston. That means Boston. we could bring the military in. And you brought the clip in earlier about yep. the military taking over the place. It wasn't even a clip. I was just reading the law. I know. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So this all fits together. Meanwhile, there's one lone voice in the wilderness because the Republicans are all for this for some dumb reason. What do they think they're going to get presidency again against Hillary? They're just giving to Hillary. Can you imagine Hillary as the dictator of the United States? Well, get used to it. Oh, I'm going to go work for her. Uh, <laughs> the only job I'll get. So so Angus Keene is independent. How, let me know how that works out when you, yeah, uh, I'll probably get when you apply. <laughs> Will. Hi, Hillary. I, I really admire your work. Uh, I think you're good for all women. Love your work, man. Whoa, man. So uh, Angus King goes off, and of course, no Democrats say anything. They're not going to say anything because the president's got the dictatorial power, and the Republicans seem to be a bunch of warmongers, so you got nothing going on, and the whole Congress is a corrupt bunch of creeps. And we got this guy, and you can play this for as long as you want, but you can you can kill it because it's pretty long. That's a date. It doesn't go into the future. And then it says, or harbored such organizations, past tense, or persons, in order to prevent any future acts by such nations, organizations, or persons. It established a date. I don't disagree that we need to fight terrorism, but we need to do it in a constitutionally sound way. 
Now, I'm, I'm just a little old lawyer from Brunswick, Maine, but I don't see how you can possibly read this uh, to, to be in, in comport with the Constitution and authorize any acts by the President. You had testified to Senator Graham that you believe that you could put boots on the ground in, in Yemen under this, under this document. That makes the, the war powers a nullity. Uh, I'm sorry to uh, ask such a long question, but my question is, what's your response to this? Senator, anybody. Let me take the first response. I'm not a constitutional lawyer or a lawyer of any kind, but let me talk to you a little, take a brief statement about al-Qaeda and the organization that attacked us on September 11, 2001. Uh. In the two years prior to that, uh, Senator King, that organization attacked us in East Africa and killed 17 Americans at our embassy in Nairobi with a loosely affiliated groups of people in East Africa. A year prior to 9-11, that same organization with its affiliates in Yemen almost sunk a U.S. Uh, ship, the USS Cole, a billion-dollar warship, killed 17 sailors in the port of, of Aden. The organization that attacked us on 9-11 already had its tentacles in around the world with associated groups. That was the nature of the organization then. It is the nature of the organization now. Uh, in order to attack that organization, we have to attack it with those affiliates that are its operational arm that have previously attacked and killed Americans and, and high-level interests and continue to try to do that. Uh, that's fine, but that's not what the AUMF says. You, you can, you can, uh, you, you, what I'm saying is we may need new authority, but don't, if you expand this to the extent that you have, it's meaningless. And, it, and the limitation and the war power is meaningless. I'm, I'm not disagreeing that we need to attack terrorism wherever it comes from and where, whoever's doing it. But what I'm saying is let's do it in a constitutional way, not by, uh, putting a gloss on a document that clearly won't support it. It just, it, it just, doesn't it just doesn't work the, 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 I'm just just reading the words it, it's all focused on September 11th and who was involved and you guys have invented this term associated forces that's nowhere in this document as I mentioned in your written statement you use that that's the key term you use it 13 times it's it's the justification for everything and it renders the whole the the, the war the, the war powers of the Congress uh, null and void I I, I I don't understand I mean I do understand you're saying we don't need any change because of the way you read it, you can you could do anything. But uh, but why not say come back to us and say yes, you're you're correct that that this is a overbroad reading that renders the the the, uh, the the war powers of the Congress a nullity. Therefore, we need new authorization to respond to the new situation. I, I, I don't understand why. I mean, I do understand it because the way you read it is there's no limit. But that's <laughs> yeah. not what the Constitution <laughs> contemplates. Oh, he's new, isn't he? Yeah, he just got <laughs> he's a new guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> new guy doesn't quite know how it works yet, so he's going to get a little talking to. Hey, new guy. Well, on, well, he's an independent, here. so nobody can talk. Oh no, to him, really. but he. No, 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 no. He'll get a talking to. Hey, new guy. Um, you see this office? Okay. So um, this will burn with you in it. So new guy, <laughs> shut well, up. Yeah, you can get that kind of talking. Yeah, no, he's he's going to get a talking to. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed listening uh, to all of that. It's it's fun to hear a new guy come in and try to try to be constitutional. Um, what do you think, John? Do you think that this uh, 
you know, we had that uh, poll that said that 29 percent of Americans feel that somewhere in the future an armed re- revolt will be necessary to bring America back to where it is. Is, is that what we're going to have to see? Is that where we're going to have to go or 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 do we just or would we rather just starve to death and go through those hardships before we figure it out? Which which way do you think is best? Or is there an alternative I don't way? like any of it. No, is there an alternative way? Or well, we could elect somebody that's that's not corrupt. Uh, oh, but, I don't I mean, know. I have no idea. All well, I know is I'm watching the, the ship go down helplessly. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, look, the ship is sinking. <laughs> hey, let's party. <laughs> Pop the bubbly. I wanted to um, talk briefly about Syria. As the proxy war is now in full effect, and uh, and I want to put it into a bit of perspective because all of this does kind of tie together, uh, including Benghazi. Very important to understand what happened there. Um, besides the botched kidnapping, which uh, got the ambassador raped, then killed. And I, I put in the show notes for those of you um, who might have forgotten uh, the reporting from there was reporting all a lot of um, Middle Eastern press reported on how for hours uh, before he was dead and after he was dead, uh, the ambassador was uh, sodomized um, in the streets of uh, of Benghazi. It's really quite horrible that no one is bringing that up, and you know I guess we can't talk about that or whatever it is. You know, it's, it's, that just tells me that the whole thing is one big facade, and have, all these guys who are pretending to care really don't give a rat's ass. Um, but what was also taking place there was a, a deal of arms to be shipped to Turkey and from Turkey uh, being shipped down into Syria because, of course, you know, we couldn't be caught actually handing our um, our uh, weapons directly uh, to Al Qaeda. And this is the funny thing. There's a great article. Um, what was it? It was like uh, Obama now uh, Al Qaeda in chief or something. Let me see if I can find it. It was very funny. Um, and, and, and this article is actually uh, circling around. Everyone in the armed forces is, is, is like kind of gone viral, and everyone's laughing about it uh, because it talks, it talks about Obama being the, uh, Al- in, in charge of al-Qaeda now, essentially. Um, when you look at it, it kind of seems that way. We had um, Ambassador Ford had a secret meeting with the, uh, the with the opposition with Al Nusra in uh, in Syria, and this is this is all this is no secret actually. I mean, it, it is documented. It's just not really reported on. Um, and this happened about three weeks. Yeah, May actually May ninth. Um, and Al Nusra one month ago, the leader of Al Nusra, which is kind of weird how how this work was determined uh, to be a. Terrorist. Here it is. The matter of the designation of Abu Muhammad al Jaulani, also known as Al Fatih, also known as Abu Muhammad al Golani, is now a specially designated global terrorist pursuant to Section 1B of Executive Order 13224, which is an old Bush uh, executive order. So, the first, they, they make the guy who they have a meeting with, they make him uh, who is the head of Al Nusra, who pledged allegiance to Al Zawahiri. Who is you know was the number two guy? I guess now is arguably the number one guy of Al Qaeda, and they have a meeting with him, and now they give them the oil fields, and um, unjustly so. There's reporting, and this kind of made me laugh. Um, reporting that they have set up, and you and John, you understand how this works better than I do. 
Um, they're saying that the uh, uh, Al Nusra and the uh, and now the uh, the rebels have the uh, the oil pipelines, but they they don't really focus too much on the pipelines, which is of course where I'm focused. They talk about them setting up makeshift oil refineries. Is this? I mean, I know a, a refinery what? costs yeah, I, exactly a refinery costs like three billion dollars. You can't set up a makeshift refinery, can you? No. That makes no sense, right? I mean, if you've had another refinery, I mean, they raided that other place. I mean, if you go grab all the distillation towers and cracking facilities and all these things you need, and then you have to put them together so they actually make sense. Is to do a makeshift refinery, you can do a small refinery, but none of it could be makeshift. That This doesn't make any sense at all. I'm trying to... And you uh, need engineers to put the thing to make it work. Yeah, let me see if uh, let me see if I can find this article because I read that I'm like, that makes no sense. We got a couple drums and we're gonna <laughs> hook them together, and we got a pot of boiling oil, and then we can take and run the boil off, and then we can take the bottom and put it in the tank. That's kind no, of that's kind of going to happen. That's kind of how it sounded. Um, yeah, we're boiling it here in the desert. And burning it, I hope it, yeah, we're burning, boiling. We're boiling it. <laughs> How, I don't know. It doesn't, yeah, no, it doesn't make shift refinery. Here, here, now, here it is. This is in the, the Guardian. Now, you've got to look at this. All right. Okay. Google uh, EU decision to lift Syrian oil sanctions. And there's a picture in the Guardian, has a picture, and it's and, and the caption under the picture says, a makeshift oil refinery site at Al Mansura Village, and they got like a big vat of oil with smoke wait, coming wait, wait. out May, of it. EU decision to lift what? Syrian oil sanctions boosts jihadist groups. But you probably won't need that. You just need the yeah, lift Syrian oil sanctions. The Guardian. Yeah. Do you see the picture? I'm, getting, I'm just getting there now. There's a what? <laughs> Tell me this. Are you is, kidding me? Tell me this is nuts, right? Yeah, this is just a picture of a burning ta- a burning barrel or something. But then, look, the dude next and to it. And there's a bunch facade. of barrels all over the place. Yeah, so that's a, that, that makeshift oil refinery. That's what they're saying. This is a joke. And well, it's the Guardian. And then they show plume of smoke. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I'm sure it was a plume of smoke. I thought it was like, wow, that makes no sense. So this is, of course, it's not an oil refinery, in any. I'm sure I know how they can rationalize it. If you criticize them, they say, well, this is the a makeshift oil refinery site. We haven't actually built the refinery yet. Oh, we're just burning oil here to, to market. Just burning oil in a bunch of, a bunch of barrels well, for you, some well, unknown reason. So, so the couple Wait, things- wait, let me get I got to read this. As a result of the rush to make quick money, open-air refineries have been set up in Deir Izor and El Raqqa provinces. Crude is stored in ditches and heated in metal tanks by wood fires, shrouding the region with plumes of black smoke, exposing the local population to the dangers of the thick smoke and the frequent explosions at the improvised plants. Heating oil, diesel, and petrol is condensed in hoses running from the tanks through pools of water and sold across... Oh, this is bullcrap. Thank you. So what this is is cover for capture of the pipelines and this and so i hate to bring it back to pipelines but this is what i see going on so we have the russians now with uh submarines in the mediterranean they're being engaged we have uh erdogan the president of turkey 
Obama brings him in, gives him hookers and blow. Like, dude, come on by. We'll hang out. You, me, Michelle. You and your wife. We get the kids. We get the kids. Everyone's do. Everyone's we'll party. We got you know. We got some musicians. We'll bring some people in. We got you know. We'll bring Taylor Swift. Whatever we'll do. Um, because you're our buddy. Because right now, I think we are in a huge proxy war with Russia, and it makes a lot of sense when you see some of the uh, the stories surrounding this. Because the Russians now again, Europe needs Russia needs gas. Russia is the number one supplier. Israel right now has a, this huge Leviathan field. We've already cleared the way for the for the ownership of, of the piping, the refining, and everything through Cyprus into Greece. From Greece, it can go straight into all of all of Europe. That's completely clear. This is what it's all about, and. Turkey is still the, they are the main hub for all things Gazprom, all things Russian oil. Yeah, they're trying to bring some stuff in from Baku up on the north, but we cannot have Syria. Syria, it's not, because Syria has no oil to speak of. No one gives a crap about Syrian oil. Where, where do you have the Syrian oil gas station? That's bull crap. They are a conduit, a conduit for pipes coming all the way across into that harbor owned by Russia and it was always Russians, Russia's intent to have all of their gas flowing up. And, you know, obviously we have some interesting paths now. And they've been trying to do deals with the Israelis. They've been hanging out there. You know, but now we've got warships. But one thing's certain, this is a war against American interest for sure. This is why um, I got a couple clips here. We have Russia uh, embarrassing us with... Um, uh, with outing our our um, our spies, you know, so they just outed the head of the CIA, which yeah, of yeah, course, no, but this is it's which just, they could do anytime they wanted. It's just to embarrass us. In fact, listen to this. This is Erin uh, Burnett, and she's got uh, the CIA guy Bob Bear on. And uh, I know exactly what happened here, by the That's way. That's just silly. Which makes me yeah. wonder if the Russians didn't plant all of this, which they could have. Hmm. Um, and, and also, Aaron, you know, you don't recruit in Russia. It's, 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 it's too dangerous because the KGB is always sending people into the CIA, fake volunteers, we call them dangles, simply <laughs> to, to compromise us. Right. So, uh, you, know, what I'm you know, what I'm worried about is this is just indicative of bad relations with Moscow. I'm exactly. And let me tell you about this guy with the wig on, he was cruising for gays in the park with a wig on. That's what, that, that's the, they just said, oh, get, the, get the gay guy out of the park and embarrass America with that. That's what the wig was about. He was not undercover. He had couple, he had, you know, 500 euro notes to pay for blowjobs. I know this. I Listen, I have this on pretty high authority what went, went down there. So we they they show this guy with all the you know press around and oh look he's got the crazy wig on little tube smoker, and then we have we have our own version of embarrassing the Russians. Learn more about the Sarnayev brothers. Interestingly, that always comes through Aaron Burnett, CFR member. Connections to Chechnya and Kazakhstan. There is another terror case with ties to Uzbekistan. A 30-year-old Uzbek national appeared in a U.S. court today on federal terrorism charges. Fazlidin Kurbanov, a Russian-speaking truck driver, is accused of teaching people in Idaho to build bombs that could blow up a public transportation system. <laughs> How do you
do you blow up a public transportation system? In Idaho. In, in Idaho. <laughs> Yo, there's so much public transportation there. In Idaho. So we, this is just tit for tat. This is, you know, oh, you, oh okay, what, you're going to out our guy over there? But they literally outed the gay guy. I don't know about the, the station chief, but of course he's in the embassy. Of course everyone knows who he is. This is just back and forth, and it has to stop. It really has to stop, and it will. It, this will be fought in the Mediterranean. It will be fought over Syria, um, and I, really, I think we're losing this. I think the, uh, the and let's just take a, a a real pro-U.S. perspective for a moment. Um, we have alienated the Israelis who have the gas right there. They, they've 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 got the whole thing going on. Uh, Hillary is on a whole different. Track, you know, she's been trying to get it all done through the Balkans and up through Baku. She's kind of old school with the old school Texas guys, actually. Uh, but Nobel Energy, who's uh, who's got Cyprus, and, and you know they're good to go. It's, they've completely screwed all of this up. The Russians, they've got submarines now in the Mediterranean, subs in the water. So they're not going to take this. You know, the, Vladimir Putin, he's. Have you seen this dude? Have you seen his pecs? Yeah, he's he's out there. He's on horses. He's flying ultralights. He's he, they try to blow him up. He's like, ha, ha, I laugh at you trying to blow me up. He walks away. This guy's serious business. So we and we're not doing a good job. We are really pussyfooting around this, and just taking it from you know from the perspective of okay, let's we, let's, we might as well have dominance and let's go for it. Th- this president needs to go for it, and he needs to go pretty damn quick. But he doesn't want it, you see, because he wants legacies of saving the earth. You can't walk that line. This is why he's in so much trouble. And uh, and this this will continue, but it's tears will come, as my this may my be mother why would say. Trying to uh, who knows who's behind all these scandals all at once. I mean, it's possible that this is like the you know or whatever him, the shadow him, government yeah, is. Get him out. Get someone in who can do the job. Get him to quit. Find a really good scandal they can't deal with. The Associated Press ones should have tur- should turn the media against him. Yes, if it yeah. works right. Well, and it's that, kind know, of, kind of. It's a little bit, a little bit. Okay, well that that's an interesting theory. That is real tinfoil hat stuff. I like it. That the shadow government. <laughs> if I so, hey, it's what Ron Paul said. He said the CIA took over the United yep, States true. in '68. True that. So if you and I were CIA running the shadow government, what would our plan be? We can play this. We we can do this better than as good as anybody. So, well, so first we of have all, to, we, we have to we do some a, setup. So so in other words, we have to create some traps. We need a warrior now. I, first, we need, I th- well, we need a trap to get Obama to do something that could be considered illegal. Mm-hmm. That we that then they can throw all the then you can take all your you know you've got all this stuff backed up you have a bunch of reports you have all the books ready to go with things already pre written you got you have a whole and you have a team of people that are can be pre writing a bunch of anti Obama material they can throw at him and mm-hmm. it would have to happen pretty soon but you know most of the stuffs are probably already done to just kind of destroy his credibility make him a little nutty I mean he has he's been pretty good at not being super flustered like Nixon freaked. He went nuts when they went after him. And we know from that that, that Bush book, the, what was the name of that? The Family of Secrets? Family of Secrets, How yeah. Nixon, the whole Watergate thing looks to be a setup 
to drive Nixon crazy. It wasn't, he, you know, you had these screwballs, the guy's screwing it up. They're leaving tape on the doors. All these non-professional kinds of mistakes were made. Very interesting section of that book, by the way, which makes Nixon look like he had nothing to do with Watergate. But he got swept up in it like an idiot. Well, it's possible that something like that could be done. And this, again, is 40-year cycle. These old tricks can be used again on the same in the same way that they could be used on Obama. No one would remember the old days. And uh, well, I don't know. It's it's definitely great for the show. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. But <laughs> but who who? So I I think that they probably Petraeus was in play, and Petra, it was Petraeus was. I think he truly was supposed to be president, and still may be the guy that they want to run for president. That'd be hard now. I don't think so. Obama no. Obama did coke, smoked weed. You know, yeah, but Petraeus and, is also a snotty character when he comes in front of the camera. He does; he's not likable. He is. is a, Romney had the same problem. True, true. He, the telegenic true, aspects true, of, of Romney true. and Petraeus are very similar. True, you, he rubs you the wrong way when you true. watch him. Okay, well, I'm sorry. And Obama's I mean, got that beautiful I mean, really, smile. I mean, really, oh, really, you know, why am I? Why am I even saying this? I'm an idiot. I'm so stupid. I'm sorry. The answer is obvious. The next Republican president is Hillary Clinton. <laughs> because, you know, she'll run as a Democrat, of course. Yeah, but well, she, but, Bill but was she, a Republican as far as yeah, I can tell. But she is. She is the one to do it. She is the one to do it. She's a kick-ass. She is a take-it-and-take-it take name. She makes a Lindsey Graham look like a wimp. <laughs> I, I take that back. He is a wimp. <laughs> Her dick is five times bigger than mine. I know yeah, well, this year. This will be interesting if you're going to go after Obama, it has to be now. Why now? Well, because it, it, it because he goes over it, it, if because they got all this stuff. There's a there's four scandals going on right now. You can't let these all blow over and try to rebuild a bunch of scandals. It's just it, it'll be he'll be seen as a Teflon another Teflon president that nothing will stick to. It's like Ray, uh, you know Reagan was similar to that. Hmm. And so they got to. This is the moment. You got all these things at once. You got the AP thing. You got the. You got the. Uh, right. It has, it has, you got it has, a bunch yeah. of stuff going on. You it got the IRS happen. deal. You got a bunch yeah. of things going on at once. And maybe you can distract the IRS thing and blame it on the Republicans. But there's things going on, and he doesn't seem to be. Uh, so they got to make him cry, is what you're saying? Yeah, they, they got to do. They got to make him cry and say, "Well, then I'll just quit." Now, I. You can also suspect that, you know, you can also drug somebody and yeah. it comes out and next thing you know, there's something hits him right in the middle of a speech. Now, can I say he something? Starts, hey, hey, he man. starts talking like a madman. Dude, dude. That would be very effective. Let me say something. Have you, Now, watch the president. Wow, this is funny you say this. He has been talking with his head cocked to the right like he like his neck hurts or something. Yeah. Have you noticed this? No. Watch him. I'll look at it now. You watch him. His head is continuously cocked to the right when he's talking. Now, he'll he'll twist to the teleprompter. You know, he goes from left to right, and it's not really apparent. But when he's answering questions, his head is... That's when you really see it, or at least from the camera angle that I saw. His head is cocked to the right. And I'm thinking, wow, does he have like a stiff neck or something? There could be something wrong. And regardless of whether... 
I mean, of course, it would be it would be hilarious if in the middle of some speech you just went like one of those. T- maybe remember they were testing that on the TV reporters where they just like start talking backwards. Oh, right, remember? Yeah, that was wouldn't like, that be hilarious? We discussed this in detail for like a couple of years ago, and it was going on for a, a, a long period of time. Then I don't. Those stories kind of ended. Yeah, they, that could have been. You might be right. That may that have been a testing test. of some sort of drug, or 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 beam. Well, beam. Hold on. So it started with the girl who was at the Grammys. I have the uh, here's the video. Uh, what was her name? Serene Branson. I think her name was Kerrigan. No, what was her name? Let's see if I can find it here. This was the Grammys and two... A lot of new details this morning about that Los Angeles television reporter who suddenly began slurring her speech and speaking gibberish in her report on the Grammys. The video of Serene Branson quickly went viral, and Andrea Kenny has a lot more on this medical mystery. And Andrea, anyone who's done live TV can sympathize with Serene, but right away this seemed to be something far more Come on, serious. where's the video? Yeah, it makes me break out into a cold sweat just watching it, it but is. it does seem to be... Here it is. Let's do it here. Here we go. Come on, YouTube. Play. <sighs> annoying. Well, a very, very heavy, uh, heavy divertation tonight. We had a very Darison bite. Let's go to Terrace Tazen. Let's go to the head of the <laughs> That's it. Put it in the book. Put no, it in the book. That uh, it works. That, that has been forgotten by most people. Not by me, baby. Put and, it in the book. Uh, this is definitely, this is a possibility. Because no one's going to make the association that, well, they tested this already on a bunch of these news anchors who have to be on the on their toes. And they're always reading from a prompter. And, uh, yeah, that can happen. That would be that would be dynamite. What do you think happened to her? Serene Branson. OK, this is uh, I wonder what happened. Do you think she's is she dead? Did she leave the profession? Did she, let's see, uh, Serene Branson. Hmm. I don't think there's a lot of news about our friend Serene. I think she's uh, off the map. Let me see. I'll just do a quick sketch. I'll, I'll have to look into this more. Um, I don't see anything. She's just gone. She's just gone. Gone from the landscape. And then there was an, it happened again, but that was... And it made so much sense for it to happen there. Uh, She has a LinkedIn profile. Oh, good work. I can go there and Mm -hmm. see what she's got. She's now a reporter fill-in anchor. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, You'll be uh, our fill-in. You're our go-to gal for when everyone's dead. K-C-A-L. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is not what you want to hear. Yes, you're you're our first fill-in. Yeah, no, that's not uh, that's not really going to work. She looks very much like Shannon Bream. Hmm. Anyway, uh, okay, so that could happen. That would be, but of course, then uh, Joe Biden uh, comes in. I think that'd be great. I think it would be pretty funny. Yeah, I think we need because you know what Joe Biden would be like. Yeah. Well, is is Joe the kind of well? You know, I th- he he's totally malleable. Oh, yeah. He plays. I would say Joe Biden's the guy who not only plays ball, but would say it as I play ball. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hey, I play ball, just so you know. Give me some of them hot babes. (laughs) You know what? He'd be a great president. 
He would be hilarious. No, think about it. Doesn't he look good? He could like. He's a good-looking guy. He's good-looking guy. He could, but he could he could say like, remember, Fox. remember when in uh, what was the movie he talked about? Bullworth. Remember Deliverance when they got the man man raped, man raped. You know, raped man raped. Ah, well, no one's man raping Joe Biden. He would be fantastic. He he, he would go up there. So, I'm gonna go man rape Bashir al Assad myself. <laughs> Whatever it takes, boys. I think he's the man. Uh, Joe's the guy to beat, and he and again, he, it would be great because he can run it for a couple of years, you know, easy easy in, and then be like, all right, I did my job, and uh, yeah, he's such an egomaniac. He'd have to run. No, 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 no. I think he's going to he run, run anyway. No, he would run for vice president with Hillary. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. I'm I think I'm going back you. to vice president. It's a great I'm job. I'm telling you, that rocked. Of course, he just wants to hang out. Whew. Well, I'm excited now. The future is fantastic. Keep your eye on Absolutely. the cockhead. I mean that in a sincere way, of course. Uh, if you enjoyed any of this analysis here on the program today, uh, while you're listening in the car, while you're making dinner, while you're at work, hopefully you're, your work isn't so horrible that you have to entertain yourself listening to us, but it's possible. And if you're young, remember, you are the new blacksmith. You are the new carpenter. You must get the gimp. Get into 3D modeling. Understand how this stuff works. New communities will be formed around you. And you'll be working with the local doctor to build pieces and parts. We can go around all of this. Every This is my name. This will be my new book. The book is titled Get the Gimp. Coming to you from the Travis Heights hideouts. Here in the capital of the Drone Star State in the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I remain, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back again on Thursday with more Value for Value. Hope you enjoyed the show. Dvorak.org slash NA. Until Thursday, this is No Agenda. Well, a very, very heavy uh, heavy divertation tonight. We had a very Darrison... But let's go hit Terrace Chase and for the bit. They have it. They have it. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.